Welcome to episode 26 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I am here with my good friend, Craig. Mate, you know what's kind of irritating, Craig? Mm-hmm. Is when I keep getting these guests on with the name of Tom, and they've got a more interesting story than me. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it's kind of a theme, isn't it? <laughs> Let's do the music thing, mate. Thank you, as always, to our regular podcast sponsors for their support. Topo Maps Plus, a phone application that allows you to view topographical maps and track your location even without cell phone coverage. Go deeper into the backcountry. Rios Floating Polarized Sunglasses with 100% UV protection for the love of water. Bluey Merino, Australian super fine merino wool base, mid and top layer garments. Where our story ends, yours is just beginning. Caribbe, one of Australia's leading backpack, travel and outdoor brands. They supply us with dry bags, waterproof day packs and expedition bags. Supporting our sponsors allows us to continue to produce this podcast. So please jump online and check out what they have to offer. G'day guys, how you doing? Welcome to another podcast. We have a fantastic guest this evening named Tom Fabry. I'm not going to go into too much detail now. I'll save that for a bit later. Because first of all, Craig, how are you, mate? Hey, mate. I'm really good, thanks. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, really good, actually. Thanks, mate. Really good. Uh-huh. I've had um, a fantastic day. I drove up to a place called Black Butt and spent the day down at uh, Emu Creek. Sounds like you made that name up, mate, but you didn't. I don't know. It sounds like uh, it's so Aussie. Mm-hmm. What well, is another cool creek name we went past? Oh, that's right. We went, drove past Wallaby Creek to get to Emu <laughs> Creek. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not making this up. That's very Uh Took the whole family down there and had lunch. There's some really cool campsites down there. Where'd you go out to Blackbot for, dude? Just to explore the national park. Oh, they're right. right. Yeah, yeah, no. We drove into Blackbot. Went to this uh, kick-ass bakery where I had well, possibly one of the best pies I've ever had. Yeah, right. It was called um, Jack's Ribs. Yeah. That was the name of the pie. Nice. And when, <laughs> and when I... It's oh, good. Okay, so it's good for a start. And I, I didn't quite know what I was in for, but, but when we started eating lunch, it had f- full chunks of um, kind of like pork diced pork spare rib or something in there mm-hmm. uh minus the bones but it was good it was really good Sounds awesome. so yeah we knocked those over and then we went and checked out the national park and the campsites and everything just a bit of a recon for uh for going up there again. did you know that's where we went um as a school when i was younger did you know that's where the outdoor education was we used to go to for for the school i did not know was it in black ben- butt Ben, was it at, oh, we drove past it. There was a sign. What was it called? Guga. Guga Outdoor yeah, Education. I didn't see that. I All didn't right. see that yeah. sign, but I did see some kind of education sign up there. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome place. That, I never knew where it was. That's where we went to, there yeah. You go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nice spot, eh? Yeah, the kids still go out there and learn how to, you know, climb things and yeah. burn things and whatever. Well, it's a top place to do it. Yeah. My 
three young fellas were climbing up this rock face. Rock face. It was hilarious. Just going for it. My eldest starts going for the summit, and I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, this is not not today." Not today. I was in my, I was in my um my pluggers, right? Um, my flip flops. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I was copping it too from the boys. Why Why didn't you wear proper shoes, Dad? So why well, didn't know we were climbing a mountain today? <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what have you been up to, mate? I um. I was just, as you were saying that, thinking about your kids and how we went out on the beach at Beachmere. Oh, that's right. And then we also, between podcasts, we also did that uh, full drive day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool as well, eh? Yeah, 100%. Went to the park there. And um, no, I didn't tell you that I did go for a little a solo hike, just a little day trip. And um, I went out with my new field recorder. Oh, is, you took it out? I took it out and had a little oh, bit of a go. That's exciting. So I'm, um, yeah. I Where was, did you go? I just up to Greens Falls, one of my favourite spots, and had a little walk around, and um, yeah, basically talked to myself, and on the um, no, actually it was interesting because good, good company I, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my own, but um, I think I think we we spent a bit of time talking about like journaling and stuff. So I, I took a little notepad and. Yeah, it was really nice having You've some time. Really embra- You've been really embraced. You're really starting to embrace the knowledge that we're Everything being, you say. No, not me. The guests have been <laughs> yeah, parting on us. I know. Uh, I I'm think s- uh, such a it's nice. I mean, it's only taken two years, just over two and a half years for you to start listening to guests <laughs> and participate. <laughs> so this is a big step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on you, mate. Hey. No, well, look, it's oh, interesting. Oh, oh, Actually, whoa, 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 what whoa, the hell just go, happened go. there? Oh, it's just, <laughs> you just attacked me. I did. Go for it. Go I, for um, it. I actually found a bunch of my old diaries and stuff be- uh, since, because I- Your dear diaries. <laughs> <laughs> when you were 16. They had a little lock on them. I think Jenny loves me. <laughs> And um, I didn't realise how much I used to write down, and so it was really, um, you know, appropriate that we'd had that that uh, chat with the guests um, last week with Chase with Chase about yep. writing in a book, and I, I've I used to do a heap of it, uh, never never like today I'm going to eat porridge and and you know whatever you guys write in your journals. Oh, only serious stuff. It was. Um, yeah. Did a hundred push-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to um, like write all these lyrics and stuff, and it's very. Oh yeah, I think I think writing lyrics is cool because you basically uh, it's yeah. a form of poetry, right? And yeah. it's an expression and it's creative. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it ticks a lot of boxes. You should do that. So no, but uh, yeah, did find some stuff, some old stuff, and it is funny. Listen, funny reading it back. Now, I found some old lyrics. Old. Yeah, I found some old lyrics from way back and they were so bad yeah it was cringeworthy it was so bad so i threw it all away i threw mine away i think i kept one which was kind of okay (laughs) anyway hey uh what else what i was gonna say before um before i jumped on you tore my throat out yeah was (laughs) i'm (laughs) sipping on it while craig's sipping on a, a beer yeah uh, I'm sipping on a, a delicious coffee here. I wanted to say thanks to Roland. Oh, yeah. Roland is a very, 
very good listener because Roland sent us a whole bunch of coffee and uh, chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm enjoying one of those coffees right now. He, uh, his parents run... Now, he didn't ask me to do this, by the way. I said I'm mentioning it. Too bad I'm mentioning it because of the gesture. To be very clear, Roland sent us this stuff and he said in his own words, I just want, I just love the podcast. I just want to say thanks in some way because I appreciate all the effort you guys put into it. I want to send you some, um, some coffee because I know you love coffee because we, we're often talking about it. That's all. That was it. And what a fantastic gesture. So they needed a forklift to get the, to get the package to my door. You should have seen how much. I mean, I gave, I split it all. Yeah. It looked like some kind of dealer with the scales and everything. I gave half to Craig. <laughs> uh, but what I want to say was thanks so much and thanks to Roland's parents who run uh, the Coffee Works up in North Queensland. If you're up that way, if you're a tourist, if you're not a tourist, if you're a local, I don't care. Next time you're cruising through Cairns, uh, they're in Cairns, they're Cairns, in Mareeba, yep. Port yep. Douglas, Townsville, in uh, Atherton, and they even make an appearance at Rusty's Markets. So I just think uh, if you can drop in and say good day, that'd be cool. They also, you can buy online at coffeeworks.com.au. I'll put all the links in the usual place in the show notes. But yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out because they, they asked for nothing in return, but uh, it was just such a, a kind gesture and, and we really do appreciate it. And I have to say there was some uh, Queensland grown beans uh, that we we tried and I they're one of my favorites. I absolutely love them. Inspired me to bring my coffee machine downstairs. Yeah, boy, boy, bought the um, best thing that's happened. Bought the actual coffee machine down here. <laughs> it's in the so bathroom. That could... <laughs> so, so that I can make some coffee down here, which is great, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh no, it's great. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a blend called Black Mountain. Blend. Yeah, that's the one. That's a Queensland grown, is it? Australian bean. Yeah. Uh I do recommend it. It's it's robust. It's it's um it's tough. It's good stuff. So thanks, Roland, man. We really appreciate it and we continue to appreciate that's the gift that keeps on giving. Great. In other news, Craig, the I don't wanna I don't wanna make light of this. Uh but you know, there's so much happening in the world at the moment. And there's this uh, kind of renaming convention going on. So we're talking about national parks, monuments, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, we come to the realization, and the reason I, I frame it that way is when I uh, see the name of a national park in Australia or a, a mountain range, I never really question wh- who that person was. I, my assumption is each time that they're a noteworthy person, you know, from from history that's worthy of having their name associated with an area. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean that's a fairly yeah. One would think that's a pretty good assumption. <laughs> the more you dig, and I mean the, the recent events have kind of have brought this up. I didn't know what to think of it at first. I thought, hang on a second, you. You want to start renaming stuff, but that is history itself is 
uh, that place because it's named that. Uh, but the more I kind of thought about it, and then the more I did a little bit of digging in, into a few things as well, the more I think, hang on a second, things have changed, and I think they got it wrong, and <laughs> I think it's okay. Uh, so what I'm talking about here is uh, there's a couple of articles, and they both popped up around the same time. One is Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks have stripped all mention of General Lee. Now, if you remember way back, I talked about General Lee, the tree. There was a massive sequoia tree. And remember, I, mm-hmm. I, it was called General Lee, right? Really? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, and again, you, you just have this assumption that, oh, yeah, obviously he was an upstanding citizen that did great things. So they've stripped all mention of him through those national parks because he was just massively into slavery. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not a nice person. He is not the sort of person that y- you would want to represent as any kind of role model. Like, he's not a, he hasn't done any, anything fantastic for the environment or anything. Like, he's, we're not talking about, um, oh, geez, who, I was just, uh, lost my uh who are they I was those thinking of giant trees you were saying it was like yeah that's exactly what they are these big fields oh, of trees that are just the absolutely biggest, the biggest you've ever seen that's and, right mate <clears throat> yeah that's um the sequoia yeah the sequoia, sequoia trees. trees yeah, yeah which i would love to be up next to one day sounds good i you've got to do it i've got to it's, do it it's probably one of the most that and so my time in Tasmania definitely was moving. Uh, when I was in Yosemite National Park, that was the first time I ever felt small and insignificant. And then being amongst the sequoia trees was was pretty moving. Yeah, because we got nothing experience. like that in Australia, have we? Those trees. Not to, no, not to the yeah. not to the the physical size, and then the, kind of how long they live for. So yeah, they actually mentioned. Uh, ben Boyd National Park in Australia in this article, in this US article. And I thought, oh, why I've heard of Ben Boyd. Mm-hmm. What's so bad about that? So then I go and research Ben Boyd. He was into um, the slavery market in Australia as well. So he'd go on a ship and bring people back from the islands and then um, – convince them to come back here and then oh, it's, it's just bad stuff i don't even like giving these guys the time of day but what it what it did was it it, it kind of reframed my initial thoughts i'm kind of getting way off track here but i have this uh i've always had this belief that don't try and hide bad things in history but rather keep them there and remind yourself never to make that mistake again and learn from it that that's kind of been my ethos, but then when I looked deeper into this, I thought, "Hang on, that doesn't fit with this anymore because they don't deserve their name associated with with mm. these spectacular places." Mm. Uh, so another article that popped up was about was an Australian article about uh, the Western Australian government has removed. So there's uh, King Leopold's so Leopold's Ranges. Have you ever heard of that? Yep, King Leopold's Range. Um, so he's this Belgian tyrant. He'd never even been to Australia, 
the explorer at the time thought right. it'd be pretty cool to call it after him. Okay. Uh, he was, and I can't even, I cannot even say the things that he has done because they're so despicable, but he was into the ivory trade uh, and the rubber trade in um, in the Congo and it's horrific stuff. Why has he got his name on a mountain range in Australia when there's so many more fitting people? So what they've done, which is even better, I think, is they've uh, they've renamed it. There's two, uh, because the range goes for 500 kilometers approximately, mm-hmm. and, and it, so it covers two different uh, indigenous tribes. Yeah. So what they've done is they've, They've hyphenated the name, and the two words cover both indigenous tribes, which I think is pretty cool. I'm going to have a crack at saying it here. Wanaman Milwundi. Wanaman Milwundi Range. That is the new name of that range, King Leopold's. Are you serious? So that's been renamed now? It's done. It's not a, it's not a ballot. It's not a vote. It's finished. Wow. This is going to happen a lot more. We're going to see it happen a lot more. And at first I was, I I wouldn't say I was, um, I'm the kind of person that when someone presents an idea like this, I like to just think about it for a bit and and sit back. I don't like just to jump in and, and jump on the bandwagon and agree with everything else people are saying. But I'm sure this is, you know, this is, might rub some people the wrong way, although I don't think it will. The hiking community is is not like that. So it's just interesting articles. Uh, I'll, I'll chuck them up on the show notes, have a read of them. But it's interesting conversation. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the more places around Australia that are named, you know, after influential Indigenous tribes, or people, uh, or or people, you know, or white settlers who actually made a positive difference and did the right thing, then that's fine by me. Yeah, sounds like a good move. It's interesting. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tricky one, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's balance. yeah, that's the, the the renaming the cancel culture. But I guess there are some real strong points there, man. That's mm. good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but I like it. I like what they've done. Uh, if you want to talk controversial, this one will get me going. This one, will, this one will divide the pack. You know the Into the Wild story. There's a film made about it. Yeah, and that, which was from quite a. When I say a good book, it was a very good read. It was very well researched, well written. I enjoyed the book. I didn't enjoy the uh, the way that the the main character Chris conducted himself. I think it was reckless. Look, I can go on all day, and people are going to argue with me and say, "Man, he was a he was you know he had wanderlust and he was a free spirit and all of this, and you know he he was all of those things." But I just think you got to be careful where you lay your uh, like who you want to kind of put on a pedestal. and So anyway, they've moved the bus, the bus that he he travelled out to. Mm. He found the bus. He didn't know it was there. He, he was finding a place to make camp. He found the bus, 
started living in the bus. No problems there, but uh, he ends up dying out there in the bus. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, spoiler. But I don't have a problem with any of that. He lived his life to the fullest. I don't have a problem with any of that. What I've got a problem with people idolizing him have gone to go and visit the bus to get some selfies and died. People have died. <laughs> I don't know what the count is at the moment. I should have Googled it, but it's at least four people have died. Uh, yeah. Two separate groups. Yeah. yeah. Um, died, drowned, cro- trying to cross the river to get to the bus, to hang out at the bus. So they've taken the bus and they've moved it, um, you know, in, in, to, to more of a place where you can visit it and go, oh, yeah, that's the bus, but you don't have to go and kill yourself or almost kill yourself to see it anymore. Jeez. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they've removed it after deaths, it says. That's why they moved it, because too many people will die, and I don't know what the death count was. I talked about this in a podcast maybe nearly a year and a half ago or two years ago, and the count was four or six people. So I don't know what it is now, but mm. uh, I'm happy. I'm glad they moved it, because the problem is, inexperienced people are going out there. People that don't understand the wilderness are trying to go out there to hang out at this place because they saw the movie or or, or read, read a cool book. Now the bus is in a safer place. They can just drive to it, get a selfie and go home. I think it's better. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It says here a pair of deaths, so there might only be two, but... No, I think it's a pair as in... Two people died on one and two people died really? on another. Yeah. Numerous, so it's definitely a numerous rescues and a pair of deaths in the last decade. But that's yeah, I get your point, man. I get your point. Let, let's say I'm wrong and it is two two people. Still, it's two people too many and, and they went out there uh purely to visit this bus because they kinda idolized the story. So yeah, uh again, geez, I'm really just ripping it up. Uh <laughs> On a lighter note, well, it's not a lighter note. It's another depressing note. Good. Keep it coming. June 21st, we missed um, World Naked Hiking Day again. Again. We talked about this last year on the podcast. We talked about it and we missed it. You know, the problem is I see the articles come up after the fact. Why isn't anybody writing an article in May saying, hey, You've only got four weeks to get your uh, body in shape because it's it's mm-hmm. World Nude Hiking Day. Then I'd go, oh, Craig, start doing some push-ups, man. We've got four weeks to get four ready. Four weeks to get ready. And uh, yeah, we could have, you know, easily could have got the gear the off. The mind and- boggles. <laughs> Boggles it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm really disappointed, uh, really upset. I'm concerned that we'll miss it again next year. I I've I literally am considering putting something in my phone yeah. a month out, you know, right? Go hiking. Imagine the awesome photos we could get. <laughs> no, that's I'm, no. That's I'm just kind good. of thinking uh, down the lines of. Um, What's it like the Austin Powers where he's <laughs> he's naked and he's walking through the apartment and then there's things conveniently blocking out 
parts that you, you shouldn't show on Instagram. And I'm thinking, oh, you could have like a the hiking stove just accidentally <laughs> positioned um, or a hiking pole perhaps. I don't know. Oh, I don't think it's going to work out like that, man. I don't think so. Watch this space in 12 months' time. A little under 12 months. Okay, here. <laughs> disappointed i'm just loading up a page here i gotta show you this craig <clears throat> look at this thing you know i like frogs that's, a... <laughs> that's another one of those angry frog things yeah uh no th this this one's sure he's cute but he has he's got this war cry that he does when he's um uh kind of threatened <clears throat> so you think oh wow he's so cute he couldn't hurt a fly. You want to hear him? I don't know if the listeners... I'll, I'll put the video in the show notes. Mm -hmm. They might hear it if I turn it right up. Listen to this guy. Ready? Yeah. So you think, oh, wow, look at this cute cute frog. I'm going to poke it with a stick. Okay? Yeah. And then this. What? Ah. <laughs> 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 Sounds like oh, my kids. Oh, it is the best thing ever. Look at his face. That's not real, is it? It's it's hundred percent real. real. It even says yes, this is real. <laughs> Here, yes, it's hundred percent real. It's funny because they say um um it has a ter it terrifies any predator. Uh, within the radius of its haunting roar. <laughs> yeah, totally. Native to South Africa and Namibia. Okay. This little warrior lives on the beach. Wow. Mostly it chills underground, digging burrows uh, in the moist sand. <laughs> That's why I love your show notes, man. I come back sometimes and <laughs> look at these crazy things. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Loved it, mate. I actually laughed out loud at that when I first saw it. So I kind of got suckered into that story. Here's, here's a good news story. Not, not that the predator frog wasn't. Uh, <clears throat> New South Wales has purchased this uh, a cattle station. Um, for our overseas listeners, uh, I guess a ranch, a very, very big cattle ranch. It's the state's largest single property purchase that 100% is going straight to National Park. Good, good. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's the largest block of private land bought for a national park in the state's entire history. Uh, one... 153,415 hectare station. Mm. It's in the northwest corner of New South Wales. Uh, so that's not too far from us, hey, Craig? So hopefully we should we should be able to get out there one day. It's near where the um, dog-proof fence uh, is. Yeah. 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 Um, if you convert that, I did a, I did a conversion of that to acres so we're talking 379,000 acres that's a lot eh? yeah. that's a lot so 
that'd be that's bigger than your backyard. It is a bit bigger. That's pretty, pretty dry territory out in that northwest. Mm. And it does have, but but here's the thing: it does have wetlands. So it says this area is home to twenty five threatened species and valuable wetlands. Uh which is fantastic because that's all under protection immediately. Then it also has significant Aboriginal artifacts and this one's crazy, campsites that were used by Burke and Wills. Unbelievable, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah all on that one property. So yeah, Burke and Wills were, Craig, how's your history memory? They mm. were the guys who... Uh, were the first ones to go over the Great Dividing Range uh, to explore the possibilities of um, crops and cattle. So they're basically the first people to to get through there. That's my understanding of Birkin Wills. Okay, yep, I think that's exactly right. And then I did a school project on it, so I hope that's right. I, anyway, yeah. they're they're kind of famous uh, explorers, and, and just to be clear, I'm pretty sure they didn't do any bad stuff. <laughs> okay. So we're mentioning these old guys. Yeah, yeah, mentioning these guys saying what heroes they were. Probably no, not. No, I don't heroes. think they did anything wrong. Yeah, because I know that there was lots of learning about explorers that went from the southern to the northern part of Australia. That was not them. That no, was no, Burke and Wills. Correct, yeah. Burke and Wills were the ones that were the first to go, go west. West. Conquer the Great Dividing okay. Range, which is which runs a linear through the east coast of Australia. Yeah, because everyone talks about Burke and Wills, eh? Oh, yeah. I dressed up as Burke and Wills. I got a tattoo project. of Burke and Wills. Oh, that's great. I'm not going to ask where. Thanks. <laughs> I guess we'll find out <laughs> next year in nude hiking day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you should have fact-checked Burke and Wills before you got the I tattoo. Know, I know. Hey, do they um do they have like canyons out in that national park or any sort of like? I'm not. I'm not sure. Significant. They didn't really. We'll have to go in, and check in the it out. article. I, I what I'm expecting is, uh, what I'm expecting is in the because that article was only. I mean, this stuff is current, guys. It was only about two weeks ago. So what I expect is more people will catch wind of this and more articles will come out and other people will cover different details about um, the property. You know, maybe someone will go out there and actually take some footage or photographs. Awesome. Uh, because I'd love to know more about it because I'd definitely go out there. Yeah, that is one of those good news stories. And it is our backyard really because... 100%. Four or five hours, maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more, uh, but... <clears throat> But definitely, that's that's big stuff we're talking about there. That's cool. Hey, uh, something interesting happened, Craig, uh, and I will get to to shout outs a bit later. But we had, um, and it's a long story, but I'll go into it later. As I said, let me get the names straight because I'm so good. Al or Alex. He sent me a message and asked me, what I want to tell the whole story instead of backtracking. Okay, let me just tell the whole story. I get this message from, uh, or it's, it's actually 
it seems to be a lot of people at the moment that thinks they think it's hilarious to um, write to me and then clarify their gender because then the mistake <laughs> I, I made with um, Robin, which uh, in my <laughs> lifetime uh, was a you know predominantly female name, and I said on the podcast that we got a email from her uh, only to find out live on our Q and A podcast. <laughs> that he kept saying, I'm a he, I'm a he. And so on live <laughs> live podcast uh, with people listening, yeah. that all went down. It's pretty funny. So You made a mistake, Tom. It's okay. I made a it's huge right. mistake, it seems. People like to mm. twist the knife on this one. Okay. So, yeah, when Robin writes now, it's in brackets, mm. male. Sir, Sir Robin. So then Joe, uh, remember the Englishman in Germany? The UK guy in Germany, and don't worry, I, I I talked about him on the last podcast. I think mm. uh, he sends very nice email. Mm. Uh, so what's happened is this seems to be a bit of a common theme too. Is it's cool amongst friends to get a mention on this podcast, right? Is it? <laughs> Apparently so. So Al or Alex in brackets uh, in his message, male. Uh, and he even put in brackets, you know, my friend, I'm a friend of Joe, uh, the Englishman in Germany, in brackets, male. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's, uh, he was kind of jealous because Joe got a shout out and Joe sent him the podcast and said, check this out. I got, I got a shout out. So he's written to me and go, oh, I want a shout out All right. as well. And so, well, you got it, Joe. Uh, Alex. The funny thing. Uh, yeah, you got it, Alex. Thanks, Craig. That's what you were here for. So, the, but the funny thing is um, that he's listening to the podcast backwards, and that's something that Joe keeps giving him crap about. Is what are you listening backwards for? And Al has this kind of semi-lame excuse that that's the way that the player plays them. Uh, and I, in reverse, uh, what do you I mean? joked with him. I oh, said right. it doesn't surprise me an Englishman listening to podcasts backwards. <laughs> Uh, so there you go, guys. You got your shout out. There you go. Uh, the two of those are hopefully catching up at the end of the month and doing a bike packing trip, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Enjoy, guys. Stay safe. Then, uh, so now I get to the the story. So then, <clears throat> Alex, not not happy enough with the shout out on the podcast, then asked me a very strange request, and he said, "Oh, hey, Tom, I I run this. Um, well, we do this." quiz between all these friends around the world can you come up with some quiz questions so i did I, I i wrote two questions for him and i said to him when i sent the last one i said you actually kind of give me an idea i might start doing that on the podcast so here it is new segment mate oh really yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm going to ask a question now and i'll tell you the answer uh right before we Jump to our guests. So basically, at the end, but you, your job, Craig, is to remind me to tell them the answer, the answer or else the they'll be left hanging. Okay, cool. Are yep. you ready for the question? Yep. And, and if if you know this, and you most probably will, uh, if you know this, you're not allowed to say anything. Mm -hmm. We're interested to know what you think. Okay, cool. Australia is home to two of the last. Sorry, rather, let me start that all again. Australia is home to the last two egg-laying mammals on the entire planet and the only two living species in the 
monotremata order? What are they? Do you think you know the answer to this? Um, <clears throat> Remember, you're not allowed to say it. Just, I'm just kind of wondering if I you think th you do. think I do. Okay. Well, we'll find out later. Just remind, I'm going to write on this notepad here, quiz, because I don't want to forget to give them the answer. Hopefully I can remember the answers. Mm. Yeah, pretty cool, eh? Hey? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. So uh, I think I might just do that a bit, see how it brings a bit of... Test the brain. While people are listening to us speak rubbish about other things, they can be ticking over that in their head. Yeah, well, you know, we can't go to our quiz nights at the moment, so here you go. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool idea they had, actually. Awesome. Uh, hey, Craig, if I was talking about such things as espresso martini, fruit fusion, salted caramel, peppermint, you'd think, wow, that's that sounds like a delicious list of dessert ingredients, would you not? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know where you're going with Very this. Very good. <laughs> they are actually some of the scents and flavors that you can get from our episode sponsor, uh, Jericho Australia. Yeah. I have talked about these guys last sponsor. They It's a veteran-owned business. They produce handmade beard grooming products. They use all natural ingredients, beard butters and balms and oils and waxes. Fantastic stuff. I've been using it for, well, since way before the last podcast. So probably almost getting on to two months now. They've set up a promo code. So if you go to jerichoaustralia.com and check out all the stuff there, if you use the promo code hike or die, one word, all capitals, like it should be written, uh, then you'll get 15% off your order. Mate, I've been getting a little bit scruffier, right? And I just thought yeah, I maybe you'd bring some of that stuff over. Well. I'm just saying. Or just, look, I'll just use the promo code I don't, I and just, get my own. No, I don't think, well, I just don't, I don't no, know if there's any. I'm not there. Yeah, I just don't know if there's any, if it's worth you getting any there. yet. Right. You are getting scruffy, but I'm still, <laughs> still wouldn't kind of, I don't think you're in the ballpark <sighs> of beard. <laughs> <laughs> just in the ballpark of I've got some yeah. dirt on my face. I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, thanks to the guys at Jericho Australia. Jump on there and get some good gear. Tom's Magical Mystery Media Mashup. Oh, yeah. I've, I have been reading a bit. I've been watching a bit. But out of all that, I've only really got two pretty cool things uh, to kind of share with you. One is this uh, absolutely magnificent video I'm just playing for Craig at the moment. It's, a, it's an Arctic fox cub in Greenland. And, cool. and this uh, wildlife wow. photographer, uh, Stefan Forster... So I discovered this clip, and then from there I discovered his his other clips. But this is a cub that I would, I mean, I mean, it doesn't look that old. Never seen a human. It's coming right up and sniffing his boots. Uh, later on, it comes up and and bites the lens cover. Watch this. 
It's had a little nip on there. Yeah. The most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's 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 a one minute clip that will just make your day. It's so cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll put that in there. See, that's a good find, man. I love that. That's cool, eh? That's great. And yeah. he in in the clip, he's kind of talking to it and laughing and stuff. Now what um mm. what he what I noticed so that, that this is kind of cool because what happened was then I then I clicked on who is this guy, clicked on his other stuff and I I don't know if anyone out there has ever heard of Stefan Forster but I'm telling you now like his stuff is spectacular, it's all kind of um uh drone drone stuff and check this out craig like spectacular greenland uh wow stuff where he'll he's putting his drone up and above icebergs and glaciers gee that's remote isn't it? It, it yeah it's incredible he he's a real artist the way he's putting these shots together so yeah there's another two videos and and i'll put them on the show notes page as well because yeah, they go for around nine minutes or whatever, and and they are breathtaking. He, right now, we're watching this drone fly between mm. upright pieces of kind of icebergs. It's really cool. It is very worth looking at. It's it take a few minutes. Look at that. That's actually tipping over oh, while he's filming. Jeez, look at this iceberg. Oh yeah, incredible, eh? Hey? So yeah, really spectacular stuff, and I I found it through seeing that little Arctic fox video. So yeah, a couple of good finds there. Totally. Definitely, I, I know people will enjoy that. Is that it for your media mashup? No, no. Um, have you have we talked about Scotty's Gone Walkabout before? It's a YouTube channel. Are you familiar with him? I don't think so, man. What is uh, it? He's pretty cool. Guy. I got a feeling that um, I think. One of our listeners wrote an email to us. I think it was Mark. And I think that Mark might have said that he liked Scotty's Gone Walkabout. I could be totally wrong. But someone else has told me about this guy. And I watched this. Uh, he did an overnighter. His first solo canoe overnighter. And it's just a really cool video. It goes for like it's an hour. This guy doesn't muck around, but he, he gets into a little bit of bushcraft and, you know, he'll kind of make a little tripod or something for his pot to hang off. He, he falls somewhere, I guess he falls closer to bushcraft than, than hiking because he'll use, we're just watching a clip here at the moment and he's, he's setting up a tarp. He just sleeps under a tarp most of the time. Oh, yeah. And he'll have a, a fire there and he'll cook on the fire rather than using a stove like we do. So, yeah, he's definitely, but he's just a real easygoing dude. Just a, just a nice, nice bloke. And the stuff's interesting. My kids love it. Like they, they watched it last week and then next thing you know, they're packing their backpacks to go and sleep out in the backyard. Mm. So I was, so, thinking, I was thinking about something else when you started talking. Does he, um, where is he from? He's Australian. Yeah, right. Cool. Uh, That's I, pretty... I couldn't tell you where he's from. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is the first comment here is why would you even bother hitting the dislike button on a video like this? <laughs> no, <laughs> true story. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Uh, it's long content. It's an hour, and I think it's not. It's a good hour. I watched it. Watched it with my boys. Uh, I'd argue that it's, some of his cinematography he does a great job on setting up shots, especially um, when he's when he's kicking around. I think he's got a drone. He throws up sometimes too. He's doing the whole cooking thing. No, he's he's uh, it's good content. It's better than TV shows I've seen. Put it that way. Hmm. So yeah, check out Scotty's Gone Walkabout. There's a new consumer drone on the market, man. <gasps> Is there? Yes. Is it made by the same yes. uh, guys <clears throat> who are kicking everything out? Yes. It's very good. Is it? Mm, I think so. Yeah. What's what's the difference? It's a tiny bit heavier than what I carry at the moment, but does it the, still fold up? Yeah, it does fold up. It folds up like the larger versions, but it's um got a extra good battery in it, so it'll go a lot longer and in, in the sky and um How long's cool. that? Uh I think it goes over thirty minutes. Oh wow. And it's very quiet. Same kind of footage? Better. Um what's quiet? The the motors, the props or the The props. So it's actually how they spin through the air. It's the, yeah. the shape of them that makes it the noise, I believe. Yeah, that that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah it's not the motor, it's the um way it cuts through the air. <clears throat> yeah, that buzzing sound. Yeah, which is annoying as hell. Yeah, you know? and it's uh, so many people have a problem with yeah. with drones in when they're hanging out in in beautiful places and then you hear these things go up and I and I understand why when we use it I don't think there's ever been another person around when we we've used yours in the wild. That's it. Uh but yeah, quite a drone. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, interesting. Hey, can I tell you some media? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> I've got a confession. What? What? I don't think you're going to like this. You're scaring me. You're not going to like this. I love that you 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 kind of started this thing about media, about reading some books as initially, right? And I thought, I don't what, know, how he, stupid's that? What's that stupid? That's not cool. <laughs> That's not yeah. cool reading. And, um, yeah, I think that the fundamental gesture there, I, I, I miss with what I'm about to say, is that I uh, have subscribed to a, um, a audio book. Wow. Service. Is that right? Yes. And have you uh, listened <laughs> To a book, yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. So I listened to a couple of books, and I guess that's not the same as reading. But in my defence, no, well, it's no, it's not the same as reading, hundred no. percent. But you, are, it is a consumption of ideas, so it still falls into our media mashup, all right, for sure. It's all just. Right. Freaking lazy. It's freaking lazy. It's freaking lazy. But hey, that's cool. Disgusting habit I have. And (laughs) what did you listen to? Well, in my defense, I know that you'll appreciate this aspect is that I actually own this on Blu ray, but I have not yet watched. And so I'm reading it prior to watching. You're not reading anything. You're listening. (laughs) Stop telling people you're reading books. You're listening to it prior to watching. <laughs> prior to watching the film. So um, the first one was um, uh, 
what's it? It's called Jungle. It's a it's a book by um, Yossi Ginsberg, who now lives in Australia. Um, have you heard about this film? Have you heard about this book, Jungle? Are you talking about Andrew G? No, <laughs> I'm not talking about <laughs> that. Isn't it, Yossi Ginsberg. Well, I thought you just mispronounced. No, 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 I did not mispronounce. <laughs> Who is Osha this Ginsberg. person? Uh, Yossi, Yossi Ginsberg. So, it's, uh, do you know Daniel Ratcliffe, who was yeah, 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 yeah. Harry Potter? Yep. He played the lead character in the film, but I haven't seen it yet. In what film? Jungle. Oh, okay. And it's I about seen it this guy who got seriously lost. Oh, in... I, I saw a preview. Yeah. I've seen a preview because uh, they end up going down these rapids. In the Amazon. So he gets, yeah, yeah he gets messed up and um, it's brutal apparently. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if, the, if if people may have just seen the film and some people may not have Oh, yeah, it. don't give any spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. But I'm just saying, I don't know if, if, if the film's that great. But the book was pretty interesting to listen to. And, yeah, it was... Um, a pretty awesome journey you went through. So this is a true story. Mm, absolutely true. And he now lives in Australia. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like I need to get this book before I watch the movie. That's what I thought you'd appreciate. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it because there's some parts of that. Me listening to this, I'm going that they can't put that in the film. I mean, that's just not. And so I'm yeah, I'm interested now to watch the film. And the second oh, audio, okay, yeah, book that I listened to. Um, Dave Canterbury. Oh, uh, yeah. Bushcraft 101. You listened to a book on bushcraft. <laughs> but I'll tell you, hang on, bear with me. Bear Did with you me. have to explain the pictures? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. And I'll tell you that, um, well, firstly, it had me because the introduction, all of a sudden they're talking about Les Hiddens, the bush oh, tucker man. Oh, the bush tucker man. And just, just getting Legendary into Les. where this all comes from. And then- you know what? I've got a reference on my phone now that is pretty awesome, man. That's a really cool book. It's got heaps of stuff in it, and at any point I can reference it. It's very, it's very good. I, I don't know, you know that that's a it's a handbook that a lot of people have probably in hard copy. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool it's a cool book. I, I don't own that one, uh, but I have seen mm. uh, on his Instagram and stuff. He advertising. Yeah, no. No, no doubt. So every everything from you know how to select the right type of ropes to take with you, and what he just carries in a pack, and what's necessary, and how to build shelters and stuff. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a pretty cool guy. He knows yeah. his stuff. Right. I like his demeanor. I like his approach. He's not uh, he's not over the top or anything. He's just kind of laid back. He's a pretty cool, dude. Mm. Good on you, Dave. Anyway, I'll stop doing the audiobook thing. I just kind of... Uh, you don't have to stop. I, I just kind of, you know... Ultimately, if it's going <laughs> to lift your rate of intelligence, when you need to be getting on to that. Yeah. <laughs> don't want you not to listen and learn. No. No. So, very good. Hey, uh, you'll appreciate this. Uh, our friend Robin, the male... Uh, sent us an email. We were talking about him earlier. Yep. He sent us an email and he's, geez, I hope I get this right. This, so I get so many messages. I mix everyone up in my head from the time I read them to when I get on air. It's very difficult for me. I believe Robin 
and his family are from Belgium, but they're in Sweden managing uh, some cottages, some accommodation there. That's my take on it. Uh, we were talking about, you know, the little stove that you mentioned, Greg? Uh, the A couple of... Yeah, the, the timber one that I... Yeah, yeah. So uh, Robin was listening to that podcast and said, hey, you really should check out this thing called the Happy Stove. He sent me a link to it. I thought, oh, I'll share that with you on the podcast. It's based more on a hobo stove in that it completely um, folds up flat. So, look at that. Uh, yeah, it, it folds up flat and goes in that pouch. Wow. Oh, that's cool. And then when you um, pull it apart, it's kind of, there's the big bad stove. So, they have a... They put a face, they punch a face into into one side of it where you feed in the the sticks. It does look, it probably look evil when it's lit up, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's one that's bigger yeah. and it's called the Big Bad Stove and it's got a kind of angry face with teeth. And the Happy Stove is- uh, oh, I see. Yeah, it's cool. Just a little, and he, he thought that you would appreciate uh, that given the conversation. There it is there in Flatley. That's all you take, and, and it's real thin and light. Ah. So. Yeah, I remember I was going to get that, and then lockdown happened, and I've just been distracted. Maybe you should check out. Uh, maybe I should change my direction. I'm just trying to remember what exactly that other one was, because it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was in, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember which episode it was now. But yeah, I, th I think uh, he's onto something there. Stick the little sticks in its mouth. He said it gives him endless laughs when he has to feed it. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> Something else he said, and what what if I was a really good host, I would have actually gone back and listened to that podcast where we spoke about the stove. Uh, but what Robin says is, is he wasn't quite sure if he got my point. I'm not sure if it was you or I talking about it. But at some point we were talking about uh, not being able to grab, to, to use sticks and, uh, and light these little wood-burning stoves in national parks, right? Yeah. So yep. I think there's a, I probably didn't articulate that. There's a couple of points that I was hitting there, and I think I may have said at some point, uh, you don't want to be picking up um, little twigs and stuff off the ground because you know it's it's obviously habitat and it's mulch it, it breaks down and feeds the forest but the point I was that I think is is probably bigger than that is the point is the point that in national parks in Australia you're not allowed to have open fires open flames they don't consider stoves uh open flames uh, unless you're in a camping ground they've got a fire pit you're allowed to have a fire so I think I may have confused listeners there with those two points because Robin made a really good point. He said, oh, if you're just worried about the effect on the environment of taking little twigs out of the national park to burn, then consider the carbon footprint of the fuel canisters oh, <laughs> that of we use. And, and he's 100% correct there. Absolutely. 2,000% correct. You think about the... The shipping and the, yeah, yeah. the, no, the gas and stuff and, and the, the metal that 
you, you used in that and then you throw it in the bin when it's empty because you can't refill it. So uh, as I said, I didn't listen back to that to find out where I misled listeners. But just to be clear, my number one, I definitely agree with what Robin's saying. My number one issue was we can't have open flames like that unless we're on private property. Uh, and then I may have made a comment somewhere about, yeah, you don't want to be going burning logs and stick and stuff that could could pretend, could that would break down and give nutrition to the environment. I think it's as simple as that. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's I, I think it's against the rules eh, to have those sort of yeah. They're just not. You just can't have them in the national parks. Unfortunately, now. Uh, Jerry sent us a message on Instagram. This is, this is funny because (laughs) Jerry is online right now. That's hilarious. Is Jerry a man or a woman? Man, he doesn't say. (laughs) How do you know? You should put in brackets, man, because, uh, (laughs) because I don't know anymore. Everyone that writes to me has names that that could be either anyway jerry's um this will be funny if he writes back can you hear that typing um the, the reason i really like jerry's message because he said he um he stumbled across the podcast recently and loves it. Uh, his band, it keeps us laughing. That's probably mostly because we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, information's valuable. So he says he grew up loving the outdoors, but in inverted commas, lost myself during my 30s and 40s. I finally found me again, and I was hiking when I was hiking in the mountains of Colorado, I'm 50 now, getting prepared to do to try an actual multi-night backpacking trip with my brother in a few months. Just want to let you guys know that I dig what you guys do and what you share. Thank you. Mm. Thanks so much for taking the time to write the message. Jerry, that's really cool. And, mate, I'm really happy to hear that after, you know, basically 20 years, not in the wilderness that you've that you found and that's that's the best news ever a second best is that you enjoy the podcast <laughs> so yeah thanks for taking the time to write i do appreciate it. i just i literally just sent you a message saying hey mate we're just talking about you now <laughs> yeah true yeah uh that'll make sense to him when he hears this <laughs> so yeah thanks mate i do appreciate it appreciate everyone that reaches out to us uh, that, that was one thing that I always say, I always make an effort to get back to people. And when I was talking about Al or Alex, the male earlier, he said, oh, wow, you really do write back to people. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, well, something interesting is by the time this goes to air, remember our last guest, Chase Tucker, had the uh, Elements training programs? Yep, sure. He was giving away five 
to lucky winners. Right. By the time this goes to air, yeah. <clears throat> though he should have, or we, not exactly sure who, will have got in touch with you by then, got your details. Oh, and, that's good. Yeah, so you'll have your... You'll have your elements training program, which is pretty good timing. You haven't got any names. You can't like do a big. Uh no, not right, not right now. They haven't no. signed consent anyway, so you probably can't announce them publicly. Yeah, I just uh... <laughs> no, I just. I mean, I'd love to just announce them now, but I just got to go back and forth with Jason yeah, and yeah. solidify that. So he'll get in touch with them very soon. Uh, Watch this space, and I guess because. Um, because what happened was uh, one of our listeners uh, wrote on his Instagram, mate, um, love the podcast so much I've decided to just buy it and buy it anyway. So, uh, which oh, is good. a fantastic gesture, yeah. And so there could be other people that we go and say, hey, you've won the elements. And they say, don't worry about it, I already bought it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Cool. So it is, yeah, it's a bit tricky that. Uh, hey, that's about I think I've actually got everything uh, covered for once, which would be pretty nice. What do you think about that? You got anything else to add before we go to our? No, well, you just chat? mentioned that I was actually a bit quiet there when you were reading that um, <clears throat> that message from someone who was, you know, lost touch with nature. Oh yeah, and came okay. back, and I thought you were about to lead into our um, chat with with Tom Fabry, and I, I don't know. I guess that. It is it is really good to to chat with him and um, you guys are about to listen to it and I really think that I'm looking forward to hiking until and you know getting outdoors and, until I'm in my sixties and seventies and I, I I've got clients who do that and I, I want to do that too and so it was really great to hear that he. He's got a, such a, a positive outlook on on life and on never getting old and on pushing himself to his limits. Hey, yeah, he's and uh, and I think it, what you might be referring to there is he definitely lost his way for um yeah for for a decade or so, and he's brutally honest and open about that. And the the more you get into this podcast the more you know he starts to reveal and it really really opens up it's it's it is like craig said it's nothing but a positive story this is a guy who was once living out of his car and now he's completed six of the seven summits which is uh when people set out to uh summit the highest peak on each continent so he's done six of the seventh he's he's training up for everest now and then he's going to complete the adventure grand slam by adding the north and south pole so it's 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 incredible uh to hear where he came from and where he's at before i uh jump into that though craig you didn't remind me did you (laughs) <laughs> I'm like a goldfish, eh? Yeah. yeah Thank goodness I've got the big word here in a circle that says What's quiz What's the quiz? Come on Echidna and platypus 
Oh, yeah. The last two egg-laying mammals on the planet, Echidna and Platypus. You know what I was going to say, which is so stupid, so I shouldn't tell anyone. Probably, probably should say it. No, I, I actually got platypus, but I... Just mm, say it. Come I kind of thought that the... Kangaroo. <laughs> the emu might be a mammal for a Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's a lot of editing out to do in this. No, it... it no. Sorry, I, I just... That's good. Yeah, it's got feathers. Everyone Google what an emu looks like and then tell me if you think it looks like a mammal. Okay, I don't want to take the shine. I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss giving you the quiz answer. Stay, stay tuned for a new one in the next podcast. It's a really good one too. <laughs> the next quiz question in the next podcast, unbelievable. <clears throat> it's multiple choice. Okay, I don't want to. Let's just go back. I don't want to uh, take the shine off off uh, what we we're talking about, Tom. Wrap it up real quick. Fantastic conversation with him. We talked, we covered so much, and I would advise you to stick with it because it gets better and better and better and deeper and more honest as it goes on. It's cool. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, Craig, if if that's it, mate, I'm going to leave these guys in peace and let them jump into the uh, conversation with Tom Fabry. Tom Fabry, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast, mate. It's a pleasure already. Yeah, thank thank you, uh, Tim and Craig. Uh, you um, you close? It's Tom and Craig. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> there's two two Toms, mate. That's that's where the confusion lies. Uh, yeah, I think so. And it, plus, it's early. So. It's a yeah. it's a it's a bit of a Tom party going on here. I it is a bit of a, <laughs> Tom squared. Let's yeah, go. yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be confusing for our listeners to pick which one's me and which one's you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. so. Uh, one's clearly more intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Hey, mate. Um, Tom. One of the one of the things that uh, I struggled with was uh, when I was was kind of going through what what you are about, what all the things you've accomplished was how do we, uh, how do we even introduce this, this person? Because there's so many strings to your bow, if, if I can put it that way. Uh, I have heard uh, how you kind of describe yourself. Would you like to, to tell us how you do that? Well, I like to think of myself as this modern day adventurer, but the... Biggest thing for me is uh, overcoming adversities in life. And, you know, we all, I think we all struggle with fears. And so, you know, I've found my purpose and my mission in life and what I'm really passionate about. And that's inspiring other people to live their best lives. And so in order for me to do that, I have to live my best life. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell. And, and the way I do it is through living my dream life, if that makes sense. My dream life is living 
by my rules, mm-hmm. by what I dream about, and going out and pursuing those dreams. And that includes, you know, flying jets, flying helicopters, travel, which to me is the greatest learning experience that we have, uh, you know, because of the diversities of peoples and, you know, we live on an amazing planet um, and travel has opened opened my eyes and opened amazing doors for me. And, you know, um, facing our fears. And I, I believe most people, well, we all have fears, right? Let's start with that. We all have fears. And what happens is, you know, if you want to start a business or start a family or go like hiking or something, people have fears about those things and they shrink back and they don't pursue them. Yep. And, and, and I'm a guy who I struggled early on in my life, early on. I don't know if you know my whole story, but... Perhaps not the whole I, story, but it's something I was definitely <clears throat> going to... Uh, I was going to dig down into that for sure at some point, yeah. Now's as good a time dig, as any. Dig deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, I think that, uh, and, I, and I'm sure you get this all the time. Uh, I've, I've definitely picked up a bit of a thread through when I've done my research on you. But there is that kind of, uh, how would you say it? That people are, are looking at you now, and it seems that they are struggling to understand how this this person that they're seeing, uh, you know, conquer these summits uh, on on many continents around the world, amongst other things, uh, used to live out of his car. I mean, I don't. I think that's difficult for people to. If, if you just if I just make that statement, I think it's difficult for people to say, "Hang on a second, I, I don't understand how how the two of these things could ever um, be the same person." And I think that's, uh, I guess that's where I'd like to, to kind of start the conversation is how does, how does somebody who's that um, down or that far down then come that far back? Yeah, uh, and I've been down farther, bro. Too. <laughs> okay. Far. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Um, and I don't mind. Uh, actually, I love talking about it. But I've been down farther in jail multiple times. Mm. Wow. Um, <clears throat> do you mind me? Uh, uh, do you, I mean, I, I'm just, um, and my listeners will know this, uh, uh, I'm just pretty pretty much a straight shooter. You can just tell me to shut up at any point. But do you mind? <laughs> do you mind? Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just an inquisitive mind. And uh, when someone says to me, I've been in jail a few times, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you just <laughs> rewind that a bit? And can we get a bit of... Uh, Back up. <laughs> we, I just want to know, uh, do you mind talking about what sorts of things? I mean, you don't have to go into... You go into the detail you're comfortable with, Tom. But I just want to <clears throat> kind of get... I'm trying to build this picture. Yeah, how'd that happen, man? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I am totally transparent and that's the only way that I'm able to, I own my story. Yeah. Okay. And my story is a great story. And that's why, that's why I'm here with you guys. You know, I've been doing lots of podcasts, you know, all over the world, you know, uh, Just from my home practicing, here in, in practicing up for this one, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
for, for Tom and Craig. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, didn't mean to, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no. Hey, hey, it's good. It's good. You know, um, and it really is telling my story. And when I started to own my story, that's when I realized I have this gift to talk to people and mentor people. It just kind of happened organically, right? When you start being transparent and being vulnerable and telling your truth, and because I had this vision, this was this was years ago, I had this vision and I had been through some uh, some real shit, let me tell you. And, um, but I saw a bigger picture for my life of, you know, speaking, writing books, and just, you know, being this global, that's, that was one piece, global adventurer. And I was uh, having a conversation with my cousin, Dan Moriarty, who lives in uh, LA, and he used to have his own TV show. And he's like, hey, bro, he's like, I wish I had your story. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, and I'll I'll just give you, you know, I've been down in the dirt, okay? I've been in in and out of jail multiple times. I've been homeless, lived in my car. I've been married and lost everything three times, bro, three times, you know? And I, 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 I can joke about it now. You know, know, and that's, it's okay. And there's a story behind that. Um, You know, my father had to come and bail me out of jail a couple of times, you know. Um, When I was in the service, they asked me to leave. I was so, I was getting into trouble all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, And so, but I, I turned it all around, you know. I mean, I was... When I was in uh, a little kid, um, five, six, seven years old, I used to dream of being this adventure guy. Remember the show? I don't know if you guys actually saw it, but you probably heard the name Jacques Cousteau. Oh, he, he's yeah. a dead set legend. We, uh, yeah, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah, and that's I used to watch that when I was a little kid, and I was like, man, you know, how can this old skinny Frenchman, you know, he's traveling the world, diving around the world, making films and speaking Mm. and books. And just, I mean, just, I was like, wow, that's what I want to do, but I want to do it in my way. Yeah. He he was so honest and transparent. I think that's, uh, that's a point that you just made before. If you want to start a conversation there, then you're almost showing a vulnerability that then allows uh, your listener to open up a little to to what you've got to say. Hmm. A- absolutely, because when I'm talking to a crowd or I'm talking to individuals who want to change their life, I tell them, go back to when you were a child and when you had no limitations on your life, right? Because you're just dreaming. You want to be this, you know, a baseball player, a sports figure or a yeah, or or a, a fireman, uh, you know, or, move, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever, a movie star. I mean, just whatever, an astronaut, you know. And that's how I used to dream, but that was taken away from me by, you know, my parents, um, my school teachers, 
And then when I was getting bullied in high school, and then then I became a bully, you know. Mm. Um, so is that, is that where it loops back loops back to the uh, the prison sort yes. of thing? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in my early earlier years, like I said, um, you know, uh, the beatings at home, um, the neglect at home, and then uh, being bullied mm. through through high school. So I had to overcome those things so i became a wrestler and i started lifting weights and then i saw the power in that but i because of the the drinking and the drugs um i became a bully Mm. and that's where i started i i was in a gang and we used to you know there was gang fighting and that's where the jail started and it just it just continued on for years, mm. I'd say up until I was about 28 years old. Right. And I, I was. Was the know, military was during nowhere. that? Was the military during that time? Just slightly before that time, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. My father, um, I really didn't graduate high school. They let me go through the ceremony. Right. But I got, I got, I got a blank. Diploma. You know, when I opened up the, the the folder, there was nothing in it. They let me oh. walk through the ceremony. Oh, that's, you know, so. that's very kind of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, but my father told me, he's like, you need to either get out of the house, join the service, go to college, or get a job. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have any skills. I went to college for two weeks, and I'm like, "What the heck am I doing here? I have no idea." What, what was so I joined, it? I joined the service. What was it about the the college life that, when you, you say you don't know what you're doing there, what can you unpack that a little bit for us? <clears throat> sure. I mean, I, I was only there for two weeks, and I was sitting in class, and I just had no clue what was going on. I'm like sitting at my desk, mm. and I'm like, I'm. I don't know what's going on here. You know, I'm do you not remember what subjects they that. were? Do you remember what sort of subjects you were studying? Um, sure, I signed up for an engineering course because oh, right. I thought, oh, that'll that'll please my parents and that'll be cool. <laughs> okay. But it's like, you know, it's just like, is this false narrative that I was telling myself and tell, telling every everybody else that, oh yeah, I'm taking engineering in college? Like that's BS, you know. So I just yeah. left. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Hmm. I did, and I went down to see the recruiter and joined the Navy. Right. Um, and then I was on my way, but I was still, I was a troublemaker, you know. I believe I was still a good kid at yeah. heart, but what I was really doing, I was fighting out all my angers that had, you know, when you're beaten as a kid and you're bullied and, you know... <clears throat> I was just a skinny little kid back mm. in the day, you know, and it's like, why? What did what did I do wrong? But what happened was I took my angers out on everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the drinking and drugging comes into play. And then, you know, wanting to fight everybody just to prove yeah. to myself, you know. Yeah, I think so, that's a, there's a there's a, a false uh, economy there. I think people. Uh, think that being masculine and being manly is kind of uh, you know that dominating dominating other people. Whereas I think, and I'm sure you'd agree, having 
progressed so far in your life that uh, I think that being a man is so many other things besides that or rather than not uh, that and 100%. things like empathy and and uh, being able to kind of um, you know openly show love and kindness and stuff like that hmm. absolutely absolutely uh, later on when I uh, had my son that's when I, I like I I had two rules when my son was born yep and that was forgiveness and love and that was it that's how i raised my son forgiveness and love and you know there were no beatings there were no no's i wouldn't say no i'd explain something to my son if i didn't want him to you know do something but i i gave him a lot of rope i gave him a lot of rope to to go do what he needed to to do as a child or whatever. I mean, obviously, I'm just not going to let him. Here, here's the keys to the car. You know, when you're four years old, and go <laughs> driving away. But you know, but I'd be the guy that you know. I took him up in the helicopter and in the jet, and hmm. you know, so I exposed him to things that would help him, and I wanted to nurture him because it's not my job to. I brought him into this world. But it's, I'm just kind of like the rudder of the ship and just trying to help him navigate life. But I do that by living my life. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's his life. And I, so I have to walk my talk. Yeah. Right? I have to be empathetic. Although empathy is one of these things where you can never really put your feet into somebody else's shoes because you'll never understand fully what they're going through. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the uh, having your son. I think uh, the, Craig and I got six kids between us, <laughs> so it's, not together. Um, wow. not, yeah, 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 not together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if only. But, uh, it's they, okay. They, I'm, I'm cool they, with that, man. I'm they cool are. Yeah, that. we that's we'd be right. cool with it too. They'd be pretty good kids. But uh, yeah, so we uh, yeah, it definitely test you, and and it does. Um, I don't know. It puts you in a different frame of mind, and you realize for the first time, I think, uh, in my life, I realize, oh wow, everything is not about me. I didn't know that. <laughs> actually, Tom, that's um, a really dark place to start your story, man. I didn't realize actually that you had such a history like that. So thanks for sharing that. And it, I guess, I guess it's a real contrast, isn't it, to to sort of the heights you're able to achieve from such lows in the beginning and. Um, yeah, I I, th I actually thought to myself I was going to ask you if you had any kids because I, I figure he doesn't have any kids with all the stuff he's been able to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know, I'll tell you a great story because change, you everybody can change their life. You can become, you know, once you take give yourself permission to dream and once you start taking the limitations mm -hmm. off your life, amazing things start to happen yeah and as i was raising my son and he's got a lot of friends and he went on to you know through high school uh play uh, varsity football varsity basketball baseball and he and he had a lot of kids and a lot of the kids that he hung out with <clears throat> excuse me uh didn't have uh good parenting Right. And that's I, that's kind of like the norm these days. You know, yep. I mean, any, anybody is allowed to have children, you know, so, <clears throat> yeah, you know, you need a license to go fishing or own a dog. But 
you know, anybody can have kids. And it, that's so. But what happened was um, his friends saw what I was doing. You know, uh, I was a captain at a major airline and flying helicopters. I was a competitive natural bodybuilder. And then I started writing books. And this was even before I got into the adventures. But I was at the gym one day. And um, one of my son's friends came up to me and he would always ask me questions because he really didn't have a father figure. Yep. And so, and I knew that, you know, and I would, uh, he would ask for advice, mostly advice on training, but then the conversations got a little bit deeper, right? On school and just life in general. Well, we had a long conversation one day in the gym, about an hour, and, you know, we, we left and uh, later on that day, my son sent me a message, a text message. He said, he said, hey, dad, uh, I was talking with Zach and Zach said to me, he's like, um, I wish your dad was my dad. Mm. Awesome. And, and that, <clears throat> see, I get... <clears throat> I get emotional about that because it's a it's a heavy it, it, comment for many many reasons, and it, it, it just but it tells me the power of words, and that's why you know you can you can change. What I found out was you can change somebody's life just with a spoken word, right? And mm. I'm like, wow, that just and, and that kind of changed a lot of things for me. And especially in the, in the mentoring world, you know, I mean, I don't go out and force myself on people if they want advice. And what happens is I'm doing that with, with a lot of people these days, a lot of young, I think the age seems to be around 28, 29, mm -hmm. 30, you know, where yeah, people you get are like, a little bit, you get led astray, not so much led astray. I think uh, at that age, I had difficulty in, in trying to focus on uh the next decade or, or where i was going absolutely mm. sure i i like to think of it as people almost have to re-educate themselves because in their earlier years most people haven't haven't been educated properly we've been educated the way society wants to see us 100 you know, well you can yeah yeah you, you know well you got to be taking tests and yeah. prepare yeah. for college and go out and get a job and yeah. you know do those things instead of Nobody, nobody teaches you how to light a fire or throw an axe. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I, had to they teach, don't. I had to teach my sons myself. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, I didn't even get paid. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. That's true. Hey, so, I, I, something um, else I think you did for that, that um, Zach, it, which, uh, I mean, for me, what resonated with me was I think um, not only did you did you use the power of the spoken word, but you also listened. I think that's something that um, a lot of people struggle to do. You know, there's a scenario where, uh, you know, Zach comes to you and you just start talking about yourself. That's not that's not a conversation, right? Mm. Uh, but then there's a scenario where Zach comes to you and starts to kind of download and you were receptive to that and speaking when you need to speak. I think that that's a different way of having a conversation. People, I'd say, uh, definitely 
younger people I've noticed struggle with communication full stop and they struggle with listening to other people I think uh, they do communication is a lost art I mean that's in, in very simple terms that's why we have two ears and one mouth yeah okay <laughs> and it's unfortunate that <clears throat> If I was speaking to somebody and they're already formulating an answer or what they want to talk about, so they're not listening and they may jump in on the conversation and step all over you, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I see that a lot. So, you know, the best way to have a conversation is let the other person speak and just listen. And then they'll go, they'll go away with, wow, I just had this great conversation with Tom and, you know, and you didn't say mm -hmm. a word. All he did was listen. No, I feel guilty for interrupting you now before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you for yeah, the apology. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I got it. I got it in that story that you made up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there's a, again, we come to one of these, um, these monumental jumps in your, in your history where, we're talking about this guy who's, uh, you know, in and out of jail, uh, has his first child, and then, you know, all, all of a sudden we've got this guy who's who's climbed all of these mountains. Like, at, at what point did uh, the outdoors, or what, at what point did adventure present itself as an option for you to grow? Um. It, it actually started, I had a, you know, I was still in these uh, troubling days, you know, after the <clears throat> the Navy asked, asked me to leave. They're like, okay, Tom, we've had enough of you. Can you please leave? <laughs> and so I was searching. I was searching. I was uh, big into diving, yep. you know, scuba diving. Yep. And <clears throat> um, I found out that you could become a commercial diver there was a school in houston texas and i was like 22 years old i believe yep and so i packed up my gear and jumped in my car <clears throat> and went to houston texas i wanted to become a commercial diver uh mixed gas heliox uh, underwater welding, yep. cutting, you know, going out to the North Sea and, and doing that. I'm like, wow, that's like kick ass. You know, that's what I want to yep. do. And so I finished school and then I got sidetracked with a woman. And yeah, she we've, like, we've all been there, right? Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I, I've, I've been down that road a few times, bro. Yeah. Okay, so, um, well, we'll uh, get and, some tips on that after we uh, stop recording, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so that dream kind of faded away, but it's actually coming back around uh, these days. Um, but, it, you know. Well, you had that original. Uh, is, is that connected in any way to the kind of the, the, the moonlighting with the idea of the Jacques Cousteau sort of a, of a career? Exactly. Yeah. Ex that's cool. Exactly. But it was, um, like I said, when I was a little kid, I would dream of being this adventurer, you know, and that included flying. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, as you get a little bit older and people start taking away your dreams and telling you no, all that goes away, but it was still deep down inside of me. 
And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to start pursuing my dreams. But I was still through my own fault, right? Through nobody else's fault. I take full responsibility for all of my actions. And so, you know, still getting into trouble, you know, I actually, uh, when I was about 23 years old, um, I got a, I don't know if you know what a DUI is or a DWI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar, you know? similar over here. Yeah. Craig knows all about him. I mean, he's all the time. Oh, all the time, mate. Yeah. 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 Well, I know you, you, uh, you fellows down there in Australia, and you're drinking those big, big, uh, big beers, you know? So, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's, or whatever it is. Yeah. That's, so. that's it, man. Yeah. That's why we have bench seats. So the middle seat is, is an arm, it's a cup the, of beer instead of an armrest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was still partying heavily and I was up at a party at a college visiting my younger brother. And after the party, like uh, 3 a.m., I jumped in the car and I was driving back to my parents' house and I was going down the highway, uh, going the wrong way on the highway. Oh, wow. Yeah, not good. I mean, it's kind of I mean, you guys drive, drive on know? the wrong side anyway. <laughs> What's <Yeah>. the difference? <laughs> well, you know, when I was in Australia, I got quite a few tickets, bro. Okay? Oh, is that so, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm like... I can't get get the hang of this driving on the other side of the road. You know, it's just like, oh my god! Hey, Tom, you know? you, you, you've got to tell us about your Australia trip, man. What did you do oh, when you came to Australia? Hang on, let's go. Hang, hang on. on, I don't want him to stop on the D. I don't want to stop the DUI story. But he's going. You get. He's midway driving down the wrong side of the road, and you want. Isn't to Isn't that where about it finishes? It. No, no way. There's come more. On. Come, come on. on. Tom, I'm sorry yeah. that the the stage is yours. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure, but. I w- it was like 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm dry. I was totally blasted. Right. And, I, you know, thank God the state troopers, the state police, they, they set up a roadblock because somebody passed me. Right. And somebody <laughs> called the police. <laughs> Thankfully. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could have killed somebody, really. And so but the state troopers, they they stopped me. They pulled me out of the car. They gave me a good beating threw me into jail and the next morning I wake up in jail and you know my father had to come and bail me out Mm -hmm. and he's driving me home and he was uh, he was uh, old old school Italian you know and he didn't speak much you know he ruled the roost by with his fist and his boot Mm -hmm. kind of deal and uh, he said to me he's like when is this all going to stop? And I didn't say anything, you know. And then he said it again. When is this all going to stop? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And it continued on for another, I want to say, four or five years. You know, that kind of yep. mentality where I did, I just didn't care, you know. But um, starting with this adventurous lifestyle, it really all began with, uh, I like to say, aviation saved my right. life yep because later a few years after that i got a job working at an airport just cleaning aircraft and doing some fueling and you know <clears throat> uh working around jets and helicopters yep and i'm like wow that is and i saw the lifestyle that you know the pilots had you know like okay that's super cool but how am i going to do that and so um 
I was working for a corporation, uh, two big insurance companies, Aetna and Cigna Insurance, and they had a corporate flight department. They had corporate jets and corporate helicopters. So I one day got up the courage, and it took a lot for me to ask these questions, but I got up the courage to ask the director of flight operations, what do I need to do to fly that Sikorsky helicopter? What do I need to, how do I get there? He's like, uh, how old are you, Tom? And I said, I'm, I'm 28. He's like, well, you're probably too old to start flight training. Uh, where did you go to college? <laughs> and I said, I said, I didn't. He's like, you should probably forget about it. You know? So I was like kind of taken aback that somebody would say that to me, you know, not, not like, Hey, you know, this is what you can do and go down this path. And, you know, he's like, because back then, uh, most pilots came from the military. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. But, um, a few weeks later, I mean, that kind of put a chip on my shoulder. And because it, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. But a few weeks later, that company hired a young young guy about my age. And he was into fitness and I was, you know, into it, you know, weightlifting and all that. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, how did you get here? What, you know, he was hired as a co-pilot on the Sikorsky helicopter. And I told him my little story there. He's like, uh, don't listen to that guy. You know, this is what I did. And he gave me per- he almost really gave me permission you know what i mean to yeah. pursue a uh, a better lifestyle and that's and sort of this adventurous lifestyle you know the the beginnings of it uh becoming a pilot and long story short was it took me three and a half years and I had to work three jobs to pay for all the lessons. But I went on to become a captain at a major airline flying, you know, heavy jets and flying corporate helicopters. And then that realization was, wow, if I can do that, yep. I can do I can do anything. And then I started getting into more health and wellness. I had to totally change my whole um, outlook on life. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and it just started opening up because here I was. I was flying with Naval Academy graduates. Uh, yes, yeah. Guys from Notre Dame College and guys from the Air Force Academy, and they're like, How did you get here? You know, here I am a captain, and they're working for me in the cockpit. And they're like, How did you get here? Huh. School. I'm like school of hard knocks, bro. You yeah, know? I just. Is this where I, I you, really did? Is this where you started to find some stability through that uh, through the training? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. No, right? but and what was the? What do you think the difference was? Like, what what's the difference between uh, the stability you found? Was it was it the time of your life? The the age you were at? For example, why didn't that? happen when when you were doing the the diving training um when i was at that age and doing the diving i was still this yes person i didn't have the courage to say no i was just a people pleaser if that makes any sense you know yeah okay yes yes you know and this you know it 
you know, the, the, the women and the drinking and all that, the partying was still a big part of my life. It, you know, and I, although I wanted this adventurous life, I didn't know how to grab it, you and, know, because. Yeah. And Tom, did you switch off all of the, the drinking and the partying when you started training for, you know, flying and stuff like that? Or did you just sort of still dabble a little bit and mess up a little bit or not? Jeez, that sounds like you're asking for direct life advice there, Craig. <laughs> I'm just thinking, <laughs> if I was... Tom, what would I do? <laughs> so hypothetically, if, if there was a guy just, called Craig, just asking for he, a friend. <laughs> hey, you, you got to be totally transparent, bro. Just you know, let it all out. Come on, Craig, just tell him. Come, just, come Tom's been open with us, and hey, he was sitting back there behind this disguise. You, you guys are, are both both damn hardcore <laughs> fitness. It, it, uh, like I, I, I feel like a little bit of an outsider right now in this conversation. You guys are extreme in Tom your squared. It's it's goal hard to setting. Say. And, yeah, and, no. absolutely. I mean, if you're feeling that way, you know, we can get on a call later. And we'll, we'll go yeah, through exactly. It, you know? Yeah, I, that's um, what I do with it, all our guests. I try and get a fair bit of self-help out of this, if that's, if that's all right that's with the, you. The only reason Craig ever agreed to do this podcast was I said, <laughs> hey, mate, you might become a better person if you listen to some people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, once I, I think I got a little snippet of you, of one of your interviews, and I thought, I've been like talking to you in my head since then. <laughs> this is good. This is well, good. Well, well, that's what happens, right? I mean, I had to um, – so to answer your question – it didn't happen overnight, you know. I was sure. still in that modality of partying, but <clears throat> I knew I had to let it go and change, you know, change yeah. what I was doing. And those things, you know, at least for me, and everybody's different, you know, I couldn't just switch it off. So, but, you know, if I wanted to fly and, you know, I had no vision of ever flying jets. That just wasn't... It wasn't really my dream. The helicopter was, okay, that's what I'm going to focus on. And if I want to do that, if I want to have that lifestyle of being a pilot, um, I need to give up some things, okay? So that means I needed to start studying, getting into books, uh, being healthier. Um, and I thought I was healthy because I went to the gym, you know, but that's kind yep. of BS. You know, you re- there's all different aspects of of, of health and wellness. Um, but it slowly started to manifest itself in my life and, you know, building up my self-esteem and building up my confidence to become this, you know, I was scared to death, to be honest with you, flying helicopters and, you know, going through those first things, but doors started opening up, you know, when you start stepping into your purpose and your passion and, and living your dreams, people want to come in and help you. They really do. Yeah. Um, and, and I found that out. And people started coming into my life and, and helping me. And so, and I just, I just grabbed a hold of it. And I, I was realizing the changes that were coming into me. And so that kind of took me back to when I was that little child of sort of having, you know, dreaming about Jacques Cousteau and his adventurous lifestyle. And then, you know, I ended up, opportunities came to me and I went to the airlines 
and um, and I'm like, wow, this is great. I'm flying jets. I'm flying helicopters. But I I came to the realization that there was so much more. Like I said a little bit earlier, if I can do this, make a complete shift in my life, then I can do anything. So then I started putting together an exit strategy at the airlines because I'm like, I'm going to go on and do bigger and bolder things with my life. And, and, and again, somebody came into my life. I was actually flying the helicopter with a friend. We were, I was flying for a corporation doing contract work for them. And uh, he was telling me a story that he was down in Mexico and climbing volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What you're climbing volcanoes? I'm like, yeah. What? And I was just like really intrigued. I'm like, how do I get into that? You know? And yeah, because like, oh, this. <clears throat> that's go a, ahead. That's that's something. Uh, and I was just about to make that point actually. That uh, and and please don't take this the wrong way, Tom. Uh, what I've seen from your accomplishments to this point in the uh, I don't really want to call it a, a story, but let's just say it's a story. Uh, is there's kind of been your accomplishments have been oh, how would I say it? Spit not it out. Fi- yeah, not. I'm just trying to articulate this. They, they haven't been kind of uh, so much physical. I know you did speak of your uh, you you know transforming your health and that sort of thing, but a lot of the things have been uh, things that other people would admire. If you know what I mean, like, and I'm not trying to say they're egotistical. I'm just saying that. Um, and you'd speak to this yourself, uh, flying a helicopter, heck of a lot of work to get there, heck of a lot of work to get your license and then be able to do it. Uh, but it's on a completely different plane to uh, climbing a mountain. Yeah, dude. Right? Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. that's what I kind of see this point coming up is this is vastly different from something academic where you can sit down and you can learn this stuff and you can, tro- can control a machine or or e- even any of the stuff uh, you've done in business. I, I, I just kind of, I guess I'm looking forward to understanding how you created this desire to, to start doing these physically kind of well, let's let's you know we're all in the same boat here. Let's call them ridiculous things. <laughs> ridiculous things. No, but and I, I also think, mate, that um, when you're in a in an aircraft, I'm sure that's dangerous as hell. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's but, no there's and no denying physically that. demanding. I'm, you can you can probably let us know if it is that way. But yeah, when you how did what got you into doing big summits and um, uh, you know pushing your body to <clears throat> that to that level? Well, you know, it it in the beginning it really was ego driven. Okay, okay, I'll be. Yeah, no. Good, to be thanks, totally man. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> Jeez. I thought I was, I thought I was backpedaling to say Tom's ass there, but maybe no, he was no, right. You, no, you don't have to okay. save me. No. <laughs> For sure, but I mean, if you think about <clears throat> becoming a captain for a major airline yeah that's cool uh, and i used to be i used to be afraid of those guys right when because i was a fueler you know and i was cleaning the aircraft and when, when i would see these guys you know you've seen the captains walking through the terminal and yeah, you know hey, kind of, it's kind of this ego driven you know 
uh, deal and I used to have to go up into the cockpit and give them a fuel receipt and have them sign it and I'd knock on the door and you know the captain would be sitting there and the other crew members around and yeah come on in and you know I was like holy crap look at this you know and but there was I found out a lot of them are prima donnas and whatnot and I was but I was I was still scared to death but then I became one yeah very cool I, not not that I became a prima donna but I had some really great mentors on the way up to that point and I know the way I was treated in the beginning of my airline career and flying corporate helicopters and and some of the pilots were like you'll never get my respect until you're sitting in this seat and you know that kind of ego driven yeah. mentality yep. and I'm like <laughs> if I ever get to that point I'm not going to be that way and I had some people come into my life that mentored me, you know, through positive leadership and empathy and living your life with integrity and those types of things. And when I, I, I couldn't believe it, but here I was sitting in the captain's seat, you know, years later, and somebody knocking on the door to come into the cockpit. And I was like, hey, come on in, bro. Sit down. Tell me your story. What's going on? Why are you, you know, why are you here? And I just embraced these people that were, you know, and, and these young kids. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm taking some courses at school and I want to be a pilot someday or, or whatever it was, you know. And I'm like, and then I would tell them my story. I'm like, if I can get here, bro, you can get here. You know, you can achieve. And so I would just start with that mentoring process. I didn't know I was really mentoring, but it felt felt good for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Sharing, sharing some stuff. And it, I know based on all my experiences with talking with people that it helped them, you know, because I, I had a sense that they would walk away and be like, wow, this guy's telling me that I can I can do this. You know, yeah. so that that's where that all, you know, led to going on to and getting past the I had to get past the ego, though. But that's where it started climbing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm in good shape. You oh, know, yeah, I'll go smash climb this. this. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't. I didn't smash it. it kicked my butt. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, because um Towards the end there, where you were speaking about the, uh, you know, almost um, being afraid to speak to a captain of a, an aircraft. What I love about the outdoors and the wilderness is that it's a, a leveler, it's an equalizer like no other. It doesn't care if you clean toilets at the airport or if you're the captain of the plane at the airport. It treats you the same, it gives you the same respects, and it lets you make any mistakes you want to make. Uh, and that, that's what I love about the outdoors. And that's where I think uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You can, you can really make a name for yourself. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I was really, I was humbled mm. when I first did my first climb. I went to Seattle and climbed uh, Mount Rainier. I didn't go out and do it by myself. I just, yep. I went and took a, I took a three-day course um, with a company called RMI, Rainier Mountaineering. Okay. And, you know, I was looking for, and this is where I probably didn't know it at the time, but I was looking for more adventure. And I was like, wow, this is just amazing. But 
to be honest with you, I was scared to death, but I was like, you know, my dreams are bigger than my fears. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do this anyways. And, um, you know, all the gear, the altitude, the cold weather. I mean, it was just kicking my butt, but I was just like super excited. And, you know, it did. It kicked my butt. I reached the summit, thankfully. Um, I did. I did. Oh, but congratulations. I was like, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I want to, you know, I want the takeaway was I wanted more. Yeah. Because a couple of things. Number one, I thought I was in good shape. And I'm like, nah, I'm not in good shape. That's why I came to the well, realization. It's a of different kind of shape, fit. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly for right. sure. Yeah. You know, that, that nonsense of looking great on the beach kind of BS, you yeah. know. I mean, I, and I was into that, you know, because it was all about the ego, right? And so now I was like, oh, looking fit isn't necessarily being fit. You know, that BS, exactly. six-pack abs and, you know, the, you know uh, big biceps and all that. You yeah. know, it's just like, wow, that's a bunch of horse crap. That's right. You the summit, the summit's still sitting there saying, uh, yeah, I don't care what you look <laughs> yeah. like. When you're ready. <laughs> yeah. We'll come again. When you're ready, come up. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And when I got to the summit that day, I was in tears. I couldn't believe it. Number one, the scenery and mm-hmm. the view from the the top of Mount Rainier was just I, I was blown away. It was yep. incredible. And I had I had flown over it mm-hmm. in the jet. And but then you, but like, you, you hadn't worked for it, mate. Oh, that's exactly. what I always say to people. I say if if there was a a chairlift to to some of the places Craig and I go, I wouldn't bother going there anymore, because and that's not take what, the chair. <laughs> that's right, man. That, that's not what I'm there for. You earned it that day, and and mm. that's why you were so emotional. Mm. Uh, oh, ex- and yeah, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was I was in tears. But you can't buy it. You you have to earn it, and that's a hundred percent true. And what I did was I I went back for more. I you know there was something inside of me. And I went back and I did more training with these people, you know, during the winter time and climbing and how to use crampons and ice axe and crevasse rescue and all that. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And then I ended up picking up a magazine and reading about this woman, Annabelle Bond, mm-hmm. who uh, she completed the seven summits. And I'm like, what's the seven summits? Yeah. And I had no clue. I yeah, no clue. yeah, yeah. And I read her story, and um, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. That's my sort of big adventure, um, pursuing that. And I just kind of stepped into it. I was still, you know, tied with aviation. And yep. that, to me, that's adventurous, too. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, you know that, that's all good. And But things started to come together uh, with my life. That's when I decided, you know, I think I'm going to be leaving the airline. I didn't know how. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I went to Africa. and That was your first, climbed. wasn't it? Kilimanjaro? Yeah. yeah. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. How yeah. did you, uh, so so you've been doing all, all of your training in the U.S., is that correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you've, you've gone over and done Kilimanjaro. Was there uh, any level of um, uh, kind of a culture shock or, or something, maybe the climate or something that really stuck with you from that trip as being different to where you trained? 
Um, the honestly, the big takeaway I, I really hadn't learned how to train yet for these uh, big mountains. You know, it's more about endurance and being able to climb uh, through the altitudes uh, for hours and hours. Ten, yep. being able to climb for 10, 12 hours. Yep. So the conditioning, I wasn't savvy enough to, I still had this misconception that big biceps and a strong yeah. back and strong legs are going to get me to the top. And, you know, again, I was successful at reaching the summit, yep. but I still hadn't found the way to get into real conditioning. But the was big that, takeaway on was that, was that um, very obvious at that point? So after you succeeded with Kilimanjaro, was it? I mean, were you pretty honest with yourself, and you still knew that there was a big jump to be made in your training? Yes, because uh, Kilimanjaro is uh, nineteen thousand yeah. three hundred and ten feet, something like that. And I'm like, I was like, damn. You know, the altitude, I'm, I'm breathing like really heavy and I'm like, what's going on here, you know? And so I, that's when I started doing more cardiovascular uh, endurance training and I started running stairs and yep. carrying a backpack and, you know, uh, one of my heroes growing up was an NFL player for the Chicago Bears his name was Walter Payton and he used to run hills and it was just brutal so that's what I started to do you know I started pushing myself physically but really the training's from the neck up right you have to train yourself <laughs> I like that it is yeah it is it's, yep. it's all mental it's all mental yep and um but you, you mentioned something culturally you know what I learned when I went to Africa was, and, and what I've learned since then on all, you know, traveling around the world, it's the people. That's the big takeaway for me is I climbed with uh, the Swahili tribe oh, over there. Fantastic. And these folks were, you know, here we are in the U United States of America, one of the, maybe the richest country in the world and we are so soft and spoiled over here mm. and we we are ungrateful we have everything we could want and we are so unhappy yep. and i here i am in africa climbing with these people who are earning what maybe three dollars a day and singing and chanting and being happy i'm like what's going on here yeah, there's, there's something, you know. Mm. Yeah, that, it, you've you've got it there, mate. And I think uh, I, I think they've discovered the secret to happiness. And and if if you're coming away from those experiences uh, with a little bit of an insight into that, I think it's as valuable as the summit itself. Uh, uh, I think I think more so um, because of. The connections that you make, because they, they really influenced me a lot, you know, because I think on a deep level, we're all searching for happiness and happiness is an inside job, right? It's not external <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, true. <clears throat> no, it, no, it no. It's, it's and not, it's not material possessions or anything. Um, we, we've <clears throat> seen that time and time again with celebrities. We don't even need to 
go down that conversation, we yeah. it's been proven uh, time and time again that that money's money may enable you to do things, but it's not the secret to happiness. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. I mean, yeah, it gives you, you know, can create opportunities for you, but I've I've been around billionaires, billionaires, uh, Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for the owner of the uh, NFL football team, Cleveland Browns. I've been I've been around to some amazing people, Michael Jordan and, you know, just just on and on. And I've met some people that were super, super wealthy that were just mean as snakes, mean as snakes, totally unhappy, you know, and I'm like, what? How can you not be happy? But. Like I said, it's it's really, it has to start with yourself, self-love, right? You have to love yourself first before you can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, change other people's lives and give love, right? So, and people don't know how to do that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's evident <laughs> worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> the, uh, today's environment oh, oh right? absolutely yeah i mean in some in some small <clears throat> pockets we're seeing acts that are kind of standing out uh and and it's almost sad that we're surprised says that sad that we're so surprised by those acts because they should be commonplace right you know it, it, take this podcast for instance uh um you know we're talking to you know one of our brothers in the u.s right fellow hiker this is cool. Like, who cares? I don't care about, um, you know, what, where you come from, where you grew up, or whatever. We've got a, a unique, we've got a common bond here. We like the outdoors. So, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, the outdoors um, changed my life in, in, a, in a big way. I, I'll tell you just a quick story. I was on Denali or Mount McKinley, you know. Oh, in Alaska. <laughs> is that in, in Alaska? Alaska? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> And one of the is biggest that, sorry to in the world. Is that one of your more recent ones? Um, I did that one in 2013, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and we were stuck at high camp because of some weather. And, um, and it was probably only 14 or 15,000 feet. And at that latitude, northern latitude, where the mountain is located, um, I mean, it's actually a bigger mountain than Everest, you know, if you, th- if you think about it, um, and some of the harshest weather. Um, yeah, I've certainly would, read that. And, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so the time of the year that we were climbing, you know, the sun is up, it's almost 24-7, right? So <clears throat> I would get up early in the morning, but... 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning and just go out and walk around, walk around our camp, you know, and I was just like, this is so beautiful, so amazing, you know, this is really the hand of God, and, you know, I don't know if you guys are spiritual or whatever, but I'm like, this is so, I can't believe that I'm here, Mm -hmm. and, you know, those types of things really started to change my life. You know, as far as I'm, I'm grateful, I'm fortunate, but what, what a beautiful world we have, and here I am experiencing it. 
you know. I mean, yeah. it's it's obviously very uh, a harsh environment. Yes. But that's where you start to respect 100%. what you're doing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Whether whether you're, I mean, where you guys live, I mean, I, I love Australia. And I've only been to a, really a few places compared to, you know, your tiny little country. I think that's how you put yeah. it, right? Yeah, it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a stone a stone's throw from one side to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but just an amazing place. And I started, you know, the realization of, you know, what an amazing planet we have. Um, just, I, I want to do. I was hooked. I was totally hooked. But I had a. You know, I had to build a respect for what I was doing, the environment, the mountain itself, you know, because um, I witnessed, I witnessed death on the mountain. Is that right? Uh, when I was, yeah, when I was in Aconcagua down in the Andes in South America, because we got caught in a snowstorm. Wow. And um, there was four teams on the mountain. Um that year and there was our team a team from great britain a team from argentina and another team called uh img international mountain gear or mountain group um and a snowstorm as we were pushing towards high camp yep high camp was about nineteen thousand feet maybe a little wow. bit more we, can you remember we, what the summit of um that one was uh, twenty-two thousand eight hundred and right forty feet. So like that. even high camp was um was nineteen thousand. That's crazy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that uh, I mean, just moving around up there, you know, setting up camp, and I mean, you're really getting breathy at high camp. But right before we were getting to high camp. Uh, a snowstorm started to develop and so we decided to set up camp jump in our tents hunker down and as we were doing that i noticed uh, the team from great britain walking off climbing up to high camp into the snowstorm and i snapped some pictures of them with with my uh with my iPhone, and uh, I'm like, you know, what the heck are those guys doing? <laughs> it just yeah. seemed like, you know, I didn't exactly put it in those nice words. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're like, what's what's the deal? You know, and then I forgot about them. You know, because then we're in the middle of this snowstorm, and it lasted three and a half days. And it, let wow. me tell you, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, I'm in this little two man tent with my with with my tent mate, and Blowing snow, freezing cold, and so you, you know, did you have to stop before high camp, or did you actually make it to high camp and then hunker down? No, we had to stop. You had to st- we okay, had to so stop. you were actually on your way to high camp, but you got shut down. We got shut down, and you know that was the, you know, being conservative. You know, the mountain will always win. Oh, right? every day. Every day, there's a you're saying. You're a guest. That, you're a guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna maybe allow you yeah. to reach the yeah. summit or whatever, right? Um, but we have a saying that the summit is optional. Getting yeah. down is mandatory. Yeah, right? that's Getting good. Down is, yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. And but it lasted. This storm lasted for three and a half days. And when it cleared, there was still high winds. It was blowing. Um, but we were good. But it was. I've learned a lot. I, you know, I always carry my journal with me, and I journaled for three days while I was in the in the storm. I did a lot of praying and saying mantras you know i'm strong calm and confident i'm strong mm-hmm. calm and confident just trying to you know mentally get through that you know because you know i at that point i was still this i was on my way to becoming a better climber right yeah and dealing and dealing with these uh, harsh realities of what the mountain can do and what weather and exposure and high altitude and, you know, I, I, I mean, I witnessed guys breaking down yeah. on Aconcagua, break, breaking down and crying. Like, yeah. I can't go on. I can't go on, you know, and, you know, and, and also people getting sick, you know, uh, cerebral edema, pulmonary edema, you yeah. know, altitude sickness. And so people just not, you know, physically, but also emotionally and mentally not having the capabilities to to press on yeah and you know guys actually crying like they can't do it hmm. so uh it'll definitely change you but you know we ended up pressing on and moving up to high camp and um you know we had a team meeting and um right before bed we were only going to get like five or six hours of sleep uh but we got a briefing and uh, <clears throat> the lead climber who actually wrote the foreword in my second book, uh, Jeff, uh, we call him Jehoff, um, <laughs> he got a, dis- he got a dis- dispatch about the uh, upcoming weather. It was going to be clear, super cold. You know, it, was, it looked like it was going to be nice at the summit. Um, but he said at the end of his briefing, he's like, hey, you know, uh, during that storm that we just came through, looks like uh, three members from the team from Great Britain died due to exposure, and we may pass the bodies on the route up to the summit. And I was like, whoa, you know, just wow. what's going on here? You know, I mean, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, now I, I was already scared. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was already scared. Yeah, you know? <clears throat> but now I'm like, holy, you know, I, I'm like, I didn't sign up for this kind of deal, and uh, but I didn't voice that opinion. I just kind of kept it to myself, and uh, I I pressed on. You know, when we typically when you do a, a summit day, it's going to start out at one a.m. in the morning because you want to start out when it's super cold because. If you start out at like nine, ten o'clock in the morning when the sun's coming up and uh, going to be high, <clears throat> um, the sun will start melting stuff, right? Yeah. And you could you could get into uh, glacier movement, uh, snow, you know, um, avalanches and things of that nature. So you want to start climbing at night. Which is a whole nother deal in of itself, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it is. Yeah, I from, mean, it's just like you know. From everything I've watched, it's just uh, ridiculously brutal on you on just every single aspect of the human body, including the uh, oh. the confusion and the the body clock. Yeah, absolutely. Confusion's a very good word. 
you know, and when we got up at 1, 1 a.m. in the morning and we're putting on our gear and it's like super cold and we made some, we call them hots. We made hots or, you know, hot coffee, hot cocoa, and yep. you have some protein bars. I have my hot cocoa. I set it down to, to lace up my boots. I pick it back up and it's frozen. Oh. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, no joke. It's frozen. Um, but we rope in and we, we start climbing. And uh, my tent mate, and I found out this later, uh, he actually, he didn't make it to the summit. He had to turn back because he just, he's like, I can't go on. I just can't go on. And I'm like, you got this, bro. You know, you got this. You're, you're doing good. You're, you're strong, you know. And he's like, I just can't go on. He had to turn around, you know. Mm. But um, I found out later that he knew, even before he started the climb a few weeks earlier, he, he kind of sized everybody up. And he's like, oh, I'm the weakest here. I'll never reach the summit. I'll try, but I'll never, you know. So that's yeah. where that mind thing comes into It's incredible, into isn't play. it? Uh, it's it's everything. It's That's why I said that the training, you can do all the physical training, but if you don't do the training from the neck up, yeah. you're not going to achieve these things. But, you know, we ended up passing the bodies on the way up. And they were just kind of like in this snow drift kind of thing where you could see, you know, parts of the body, a foot sticking out or an elbow. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just kept, I just kept looking down at my feet and putting one foot in front of the other. I would hardly ever look up because if I looked up, I would see, wow, the summit is still, you know, a few hundred yards away. Put my head down and do my rest stepping and pressure breathing. Rest stepping and pressure breathing. And as we got higher up and higher up, for every step that I had to take, I would take probably six or seven pressure breaths. I don't know if you know what pressure breathing is. No. You may no, have well, heard of it. Perhaps not exactly. Could you tell us what that is? So it's actually kind of pursing your lips almost to like you're going to be whistling uh-huh. and blowing out, and then air will be forced back in from the altitude pressure ah, and okay. forced back into your lungs. And so for every step that you would take, I would do, like I said, six or seven pressure breaths hmm. to kind of oxygenate that's my blood incredible. again. That's incredible. That's so, incredible. That, yeah, in, it's, that in itself, is, well, that to me just spells out a, uh, a mental battle. The, the grueling, grueling the, the monotony, is mm. that's going to break. That would break me before yeah. the elements would. Yeah. Jeez, I've never been to any altitudes like that at all. And do you get a panic? Do you ever feel like, geez, I can't breathe properly? Is it? I know you get the sickness, but do you get the panic as well? Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, although, you know, I'm afraid of heights, you know, which is kind <laughs> of weird, you know. Yeah, well, being, well done on choosing and... the seven summits, mate. Good, <laughs> good job, mate. There's plenty of other things. You could have been world chess champion or something. Yep. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was, it's kind of interesting or funny or ironic. I was on a podcast uh, the other day and the gentleman said, he's like, you like adversity, don't you? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm like, 
Well, nobody's ever told me that. But not that I like adversity, but adversity is there. Mm. It's there for a reason, right? I, I, th- you know, I think you understand the, uh, the, the, the extra levels that you can gain from pushing through it. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. Mm. Uh, absolutely, uh, because I found out that without adversity, I'm not going to grow as a person physically, you know, mentally, and, mm-hmm. and all those things. Um, and I'm not going to be able to achieve my summits. Mm. And, you know, doing these big climbs stripped away the ego BS. Oh, right? yeah. I really, I, I really, it, because it humbles you to, you know, this level that you can't even imagine. And I'm like, okay, it's not about the ego anymore. It's not about, hey, look at me. Yeah, no, 100%. Because, you you yeah. can be on one of those peaks and somebody says in the tent, um, hey, you know, what do you do? Oh, I fly jets. And the next guy says, oh, I fix taps in houses. <laughs> and you're like, hey, what right have you got to be here? Well, you got every right to be here if you can if you can handle it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, but you it might, did... It, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but you must have to stay so focused on your like goal there of getting to the top. It must be (laughs) not letting any sideway thoughts come in and just staying very motivated. Which you're, I can tell that's that's a big part of your success, right? Well, it's um, the training is a big part, and part of my training is uh, visualization, right? So uh, at home here, I have this huge vision board. of things that I want to accomplish, you know, owning a jet, owning this research vessel yacht that I'm going to be buying, um, putting myself pictures of myself on top of now it's on top of Everest. Oh yeah. That's, that's Um, the, uh, the, well, I wouldn't say it's the final piece of the puzzle, but it's, it's a big piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. It's, it's a big part of my life. But you know, when I started this journey, of hey you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle the seven summits. To be honest with you, I I never thought I'd be in this position right now. I never thought because you had you can't take on a big goal and whatever it is, it doesn't have to be the seven summits. You know that's that's my deal. Yeah. Um, you have to chunk it down into baby steps. I can't just like oh hey you know I'm gonna take on the seven summits seven summits. And, okay, I think I'm going to uh, book a trip to uh, Nepal next week yeah. and start with the big one. Yeah. You know? Well, when you're um, talking about breaking it down to a chunk where you take one step and then six breaths, I think that really paints a picture of yeah. of, uh, of how big of a journey it is, even to complete one peak. And then, uh, you know, you're talking about seven plus everything involved in between and in, in getting there. It's incredible. Well, it is that... <clears throat> Just like you said, it's it's the it is the journey. That sounds kind of corny in a way, you know, or cliche. Yeah. But it is the journey, and I realize that it's not the physical anymore, and not what I can prove by, you know, oh, I did the seven summits, and you know, and I've I've been you know doing radio shows and podcasts and speaking now, and I'm like, how did that happen? You know, I'm very humbled by. Um, this morning, you know, being a, you know, because last night I'm like, okay, I got to get to bed early. I want to get up. I got, you know, okay. I got to, you know, I, you know, 
clean feed. I'm like, I've never heard of clean feed before. I've been doing all these other things, right? You know, and I'm learning as I go along here. And okay, I want to be prepared mentally. I have notes. I go over my notes, you know, uh, just all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, because um, again, it's not about me. It's really about you and your audience. And Mm. how can I help? You know, whoever your listeners are, number one, I'm going to be, you know, tell my story as best that I can. And number two, what's the takeaway for me telling my story? And, you know, who are these people out there in Australia that are listening? You know, oh, some I, of the I've best people there, on the planet, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would say so, too. <laughs> no, you know, um, you know, I, I love I, you know, I was just like when I went to Australia, I was just like. You know, I was looking at Kosciuszko and, you know, because that's on that's on the list there. And I'm like, OK, it's not a it's not a, a big peak, but I kind of underrated the whole experience. You know, is that I'm right? Like, I'd love oh, to hear yeah. more about that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, neither yeah, of us have get, been there, to be honest. Well, you should go. You know, I mean, it's yeah, in, well, um, it's, it's going to be on the list after this. <laughs> yeah. After, after you um, <laughs> will, paint a good picture of it for me. <laughs> We'll have to work on this this vision board, I think. <laughs> yeah, Craig, get that board up in, in, automatically, mate. You need to. Yeah, get tell it us on. how it went, man. Tell us what happened. Um, yeah, tell us about because well, well, just just getting there to me was an adventure, right? I mean, you know, flying to <clears throat> Sydney, and I had never been to Australia, so you know, just booking did the you, flight. So, did you learn the language before you came over? <laughs> No, I the way you know the way to learn the language is you have to immerse yourself in it, right? You can't just you know it's it's kind of like learning Italian. It's like what the hell are they talking about? You know, (laughs) I will tell you the scariest thing about Australia is driving on the wrong side of the road. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't don't know about that. You'd had some practice. You've been practicing. I don't know what the drama was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but you know. Back in the day, I was uh, actually had a few beers under my belt. So oh, okay. that's right. Yeah, that makes it easier. That's right? a problem. I'm surprised that you didn't get hooked up with a few beers as soon as you walk off the plane. Foster. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in doing the research, um, just getting to Kosciuszko and yep. doing that and looking at the mountain, and it was just going to be like a one-day deal and all that. So I'm like, well, I need to tie something else into this uh, adventure. And Mm. so, you know, that's where I uh, booked uh, an additional trip while I was there to fly down to fly over to uh, Port Lincoln and do some uh, great white shark diving, you know, jumping in a cage and and doing that. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, tons of people, (laughs) tons of people marry those two things up. I mean, that's just... They do, uh, like, that's... What am I going to do in Australia? Oh, there's a wine and cheese to it. No, no, no. I want to do Kosciuszko <laughs> and then dive with great whites. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, and I actually went back there with, with my wife. You know, I flew a jet there, uh, a Gulfstream 4 jet. This was some years later and just had an amazing time uh, with, with my wife. I actually flew her over 
And, you know, we were in Sydney and Melbourne, and we did the, was it the 12 Apostles? Oh, the... that's a fantastic drive. <clears throat> it is, and that's where I got the tickets, you know? That's where I got ah, the cool. tickets, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but going back to the climb, you know, I, I digress a little bit. I apologize. Don't but, worry, um, we, we do it all the time. <laughs> I, I've noticed that. You yeah, know, so. good. <laughs> so, um the climb was actually more because I'm thinking, okay, it's only around seven thousand feet, you know, it's uh, it's not it's going to be pretty pretty benign, but you had rain the day that I climbed, rain, fog, snow, and high winds, <laughs> like all in one yeah. day, at you know seven thousand foot altitude. I'm like, what's happening here? And um, it was it was more than I expected. It really was, but, and I had a guide, you know, somebody take me up, you know, and, you know, just kind of explain what's going on here and whatnot, but it was just, um, again, you know, the people are the the fascinating thing when you travel to different countries, you know, um, it really is about the relationships that you build along the way, and I met some amazing people. amazing people in australia and that's why i was excited to go back another time you know when i flew the flew the jet we went from when i flew flew the jet we went from uh los angeles to hawaii hawaii to pago pago uh american samoa then from there we went to uh, new zealand and then from new zealand to sydney and you know that was an amazing journey but then when i got to sydney and really had a chance to spend some time in sydney and uh we climbed and you know i'm afraid of heights we climbed the harbor bridge in sydney oh yeah good job (laughs) you know that's like a staple when you go down there right and yeah yeah i think so for sure you know it's just one of those maybe it's an american thing well you need to go climb the harbor bridge you know um went to the yeah, for sure. Went to the Sydney Opera House and then, you know, rented a vehicle and, and drove the, um, what's the name of that road down there? Going um, south from Sydney. <clears throat> from Sydney to get to Melbourne and um, the Great Ocean Road. Right, so Great, Great, Ocean, Great Road? Ocean Road runs from uh, that goes past the apostles. apostles that you talked about before, yes. isn't it? Yeah, cool. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Which is yeah. one of the my, the favorite. I think I've done it three three or four times, and uh, it never gets old. That drive. It's it's a, it was just amazing, you know. And uh, while I was there, um, there was a um, you've heard of Shackleton, right? Ernest Shackleton. I have. When, I don't know why. I just okay. Um, there's some books on him on leadership, and he's the one okay. who tried to conquer the South Pole. But right. his his ship, the Endurance, got caught in an ice flow. Okay. Yes, I know this. Yes. Yes. yes right. Yes. And he's kind of like a hero of mine. And he survived all of that. And there was actually a display of what he did at one of the museums and 
uh, Sydney, Australia. And mm-hmm. I, I had to go see it. So, I mean, this whole adventurous thing, Australia is one of those places that, you know, uh, I'll bring my wife back there and we, wa- we <laughs> want to go back. And uh, for sure, you know, she actually wanted to start doing some climbing with me, but, you know, she couldn't get past the, the cold weather in New York. So she's like, well, <laughs> you know, I- I'm kind of good with that. I'll support you on everything that you're doing, you know, hmm. so... And, and she yeah, does. well, we we know a couple of guys who know a few secret spots. So you just you just hit us up, mate. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're, for sure, we're <laughs> going to go back. Uh, we love it. We love it down there. Speaking of uh, secret spots, Tom, I was tempted to ask you tonight if you still enjoy just, or if you ever get out just for a little casual, casual kind of hike and. You know, get out in nature where it's not such an extreme event. What what what's that for you? Do you do you participate in a fair bit of just weekend activity as well? That's a good question, um, Craig. Craig's been working hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, actually, I don't. Oh wow! I, I not not really. I mean, you know, not extreme for me, enough. Not, not extreme enough. Oh no, he's not uh, extreme. Uh, tell us what you did on your sixty-second birthday, Tom. That's that wasn't extreme or anything. What's uh, this? What what did I do on my sixty-second oh, birthday? Oh, there's a little. There's a little. Yeah, I know a few things, mate. There's a little video of you <clears throat> with a weight vest on running up the stairs sixty-two times. I oh, believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you're, so you're, he's no, he's not you're extreme. Too busy. He's, you're too busy pushing yourself to to like. Um, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, I did that, you know, just to prove to myself, you know, I be, you know, the, the books that I've written are really on, you know, my philosophy on how to live a long, healthy, ageless yeah, lifestyle. Cool. Yeah, and I that allows that, yeah. that allows me to go on these adventures. I don't believe in aging. I don't. I believe mm-hmm. the body has the the ability to self-heal. I take care of it because this is the only thing that we truly have, right? It's a, I call it a, a God-given gift. And I've been blessed with this amazing body that I, you know, I feed it correctly. I read good books. I, I hang around with amazing people, you know, uh, these, uh, <laughs> Tom I need to do that more Craig often. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you're right, mate. You've been given this vessel. Everyone gets given. Well, okay, you don't get given the same, but everyone gets given roughly the same set of parameters, and and then you can you can build uh, this vessel however you want to build it, and. And you're right in saying you are given this amazing gift. You can you can chisel this thing uh, to be this uh, mountain climbing beast, or you can um, choose to you know play Xbox on your couch. It's really up to you. Like, go live your journey. But I can tell you which which one I'd choose every time. And I think if you're not uh, <clears throat> getting close to breaking yourself, and I mean that, <clears throat> excuse me, in a positive way finding those those walls and then kind of kicking them down and seeing where the next wall is and moving again if you're still doing that um now and i mean i'm i'm kind of moving into that that area uh, probably more than i ever have uh i don't i don't think you are i don't think you are doing the right thing by the gift that you've been given Hmm. yeah most people and and i started out that way 
you know, I, I didn't take care of the gift that I had been given. But I learned along the way about my gift. <clears throat> and now I, I call it self-love and I do whatever I have to do to take care of this gift. You know, I don't believe in the doctors, you know, the, the pill pushers mm -hmm. and those, you know. I've come up with my own philosophy on becoming my own doctor and taking care of my body with, I'll do all the research on proper nutrition. You know, I'll do the research on the training. I'll do the research on reading good books and mentorship and, you know, the mindset, the mind-body connection. And I've come up with my own philosophy on how to live this healthy lifestyle. And so that because I needed that. If I wanted to go out and do these things, if I want to go climb Everest, I can't, you know, I see it all the time with, with women and men where, you know, they have these deteriorating bodies and they don't take care of it. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. And, and yeah. the reasons are because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're going to be judged. They're afraid of what their friends are going to think. They're living their lives for other people, right? They're what we talked about earlier. You know, you have to learn to say no. But we like to say yes because we're people pleasers. You know, I like to call those people pleasers sheeple because you just run along like the sheep. You know, you'll run, you'll run off the cliff like the lemmings and you'll do what everybody else wants you to do. And it's hard. It's hard to say no to people. No, I don't want to go out and to dinner. I've got work to do mm. at home. You know, I'm building my life. This is my life. So, you know, going back well, you're, to... You're forfeiting short-term <clears throat> pleasures for long-term gains. And that, that is difficult for 99.9% .9 of the humans on the planet. Yeah, you know, my purpose in life, like I said, is to inspire others to live their best life. And so in order to do that, like I said, I have to live my best life. And I, I'm living the life that I, I dream about. You know, I don't, you know, it's nice. I engage in, in nature, you know, at times. And I'll, I'll walk down to the harbor and just kind of meditate and just, you know, be, be around nature and things like that. Um, but I typically don't go on a leisurely hike. Um, you know, I'm gearing up for Everest and, you know, if I mm. do a hike, I'm going to go up to Mount Washington in New Hampshire mm -hmm. and, and I'll do that. But, you know, I'm constantly pushing myself to the next level. And right now I'm, you know, I'm heavily involved in building my business. I invented because of the climbing, I've invented a piece of fitness equipment and I'm taking it to the marketplace oh, and that's cool. yeah that's very challenging in and of itself you know oh, in a in a <clears throat> hundred different ways i imagine uh, yeah for sure but that's part of my deal is to show people how to train their bodies properly functionally so you can go out and and live your life whatever that means for you mm -hmm. and you know i can show people like okay i use this piece of equipment it helps me yes to climb my mountains but we all have mountains to climb right and the biggest asset that we've been given is not your car it's not your bank account it's not your home you know it's your body and yep. take care take care of your body 
take care of your body so you can do great podcasts, right? Yeah, so. if, if you're not a, if you don't take care of your body, you, you don't even you don't even get to drive your Corvette around. You're too busy at the hospital or the doctors or something. Exactly, exactly. And I see, you know, this year here, um, you know, I recently lost my mom about a month ago, and a couple months prior to that, you know, uh, we lost our my my wife's father. Uh, passed away and so there's a realization right, for me that, that like right? thank you thank you but it's a you know uh, i'm i'm all good with that and um it 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 heightens my awareness that we're all very fragile and we have mm -hmm. a short amount of time on this planet to do the things we want to do every day is a gift and i you know you can stop me if i'm getting too uh going off the rails here a little bit but it's mate there's no there's no such thing as too deep on this podcast <laughs> actually <laughs> mate it's exactly what i wanted to talk to you about because i um i've been meaning to I'll, I'll get a hold of your books after this i wanted to ask you about your relationship with get aging a little bit and are you starting to see some cracks now and are you no. starting to think no no uh, but not. how long is that going to how long is that going to go on for and is there is is there, there there's got to be limits to all of that and I, I i work with people in their 70s 80s 90s and they are there are some amazing stories and then some people they they really slow down to the point where it's just they've they don't do any exercise can they can they get back up and start training again in some way in their oh, 70s or yeah right tell me a bit more about what you think uh we should all be looking into as we get a bit older and um, making it making it work for us right so just on a basic level it starts with mindset okay you have to have the I have the mindset that um, my body heals itself you know I train accordingly uh, number one starting with great nutrition right I mean uh, mm -hmm. what goes in is going to come out Right. What goes in is yep. going to come out. So, you know, you're feeding your mind. My mindset every morning when I wake up, when I got up this morning, I journaled. I yep. prayed. I pray in my own way. You know, that's that's my that's my deal. You know, yep. my relationship. Um, <clears throat> I meditated. Yep. And then I kind of got is this into. The Sorry, is this the order? As well, because I one of my notes exactly. is, to, is to ask you about your routine. Your routine, a bit. so yeah, please. I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, I just curious if this is the exact order. Well, the exact order is wake up, hydrate. You know, uh -huh. first thing, hydrate. A glass of water with lemon in it. First thing, uh, I hit the coffee button. You know, start brewing the coffee. <laughs> <clears throat> I do. I love. I love coffee, and I put my honey. Yeah, you're in, honey you're in, in there. good company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> honey, cinnamon, turmeric, and I oh, get wow. that going. Yeah, for sure. You know, good spices in there, and then I start praying. I, you know, and I read good stuff. I start journaling, mm -hmm. and reviewing my goals, my goals in life. You know, things Is that, that I uh, want. Is that hand in hand with the journaling? What, uh, yes. what sort? Of, what sort of? Uh, are you keeping your journal? Th this is funny, mate. But this is the second podcast in the row. In a row, talk about <laughs> about journaling. Yeah, so yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's it's kind of um, hilarious in a way. But uh, I've I've always I, I only really started doing it in the last year or two, and then I, I I put it down for quite some time, and only recently picked it back up. 
our last guest, um, fantastic bloke um, named Chase Tucker, he climbs mountains in Spain, and and he was using a, a very simplified kind of uh, <coughs> journal tactic. Uh, I'm just curious to hear what yours might be. Okay, I have my journal right here with me, and don't have to read the personal stuff, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so and I'll read to you. Because, you know, it's none of my business what you think of me, right? So I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a good right? way to be. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, it, I don't care what Craig thinks of me either. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, oh, what, what are they going to think of me? Then you're going to shrink back and be small. And hmm. I've learned that, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Because people are going to think what they're going to think. And you can't stop them from thinking, you know thoughts about well, you they're, well, they're, they're just going to do they're it. not on the they're not on the same journey anyway like who am i to sit here and say yeah, yeah sure sure he, he climbs six mountains but he uh <laughs> he's not very good at journaling <laughs> 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 so so this is what i wrote i said i am the founder ceo of total motion 360 that's my fitness company a uh-huh. global billion dollar health and wellness company then after that i have 5.30, wake up, be grateful. Things that I'm grateful for. So I did that. Yep. You know, I hydrated, coffee, pray, meditate. I did that. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to, you know, uh, check check the equipment. You know, I, I have, you know, the, uh, the microphone and yep. having yep. my laptop ready. I just, so then I got into the... Uh, prep, oh, close all browsers except Chrome. You know, so I wrote down these things. <laughs> Tick. <clears throat> you know, because I, I didn't want to, a 7 a.m. podcast, hike or die, crush it, dress for success. I got dressed for, you know, I wasn't going to be in my sweats or whatever. Yep. You know, I wanted to look my best. I, you know, I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be like Zoom where you could see me or whatever, but I'm like, I'm going to be my best for you guys, you know, and so then I went on with with things that I have to do for the rest of my day. But starting my day out correctly, that's setting the tone mm-hmm. for my entire day. I could be up, I could get up and it's like, oh, damn, I got to get up at 530 a.m. for these guys. What's up with that? Yeah, so you know, I'd, I'd just be kind of the like, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was like, I was telling my wife last night, I'm like. You know, you, you need to help me. Um, you know, she knows this journey out that I'm on and changing people's lives and and trying to inspire others. But I struggle every day with being my best. I really mm-hmm. do. Because I have these huge, if you saw my vision board and these huge goals that I'm on my way to achieving. Mm-hmm. But I you know, because doubt can creep in to our minds and, you know, oh, you can't do this, you know, um, what, whatever the case might be. But it, and, and that's where I go back to the journaling, because I take the thoughts that are, that are in my head and I write them down and it clears away what's in my head. And I learned this from, I, I think it was Tony Robbins who said, if your life is worth living, it's worth writing about, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I've, and, I've and we're that. actually writing another book. It's my story, and it's from, and the title of it is "From Zero to Hero: Made in America." 
coming from the zero that I was to becoming my own hero, right? But in, in some ways, heroes to other people who that may read about my story and be, you know, excited about it and possibly changing their lives. So, yeah. you know, so that's, but journaling to me is, it's, it's a key aspect of, you know, uh, going on to living an inspired life because yeah. you need, you need to write down, write down There's something thoughts. therapeutic about the moving pen. That's what, that's what I've noticed more than anything. Uh, at, at first, the, the, the stuff I was writing was, uh, I don't know, rubbish, but it, it didn't matter because the, that pen moving in the mornings uh, was uh, was therapeutic. It's hard to explain. It's it's almost like a form of meditation in itself, I found. It, it is. You can't, don't be afraid to write down the thoughts that you're thinking. You know, I write down my fears. I mm-hmm. write down my successes. I write down my dreams. Um Everything, cool. you know, fears about my, my, you know, my, my relationships, you know, um, the, the love of my life, Rhonda and my son, Brandon, you know, mm-hmm. I, I journal about them. Just, just everything. It's just, I think it to me. And that's, that's my deal. Yeah, that's know? cool. What, what, uh, can you give us a little bit of an insight into your, I mean, even just briefly, what style of, uh, what form does your meditation take? So that meditation has been one of those difficult things where, you know, you read a lot about it. And when I jump into something, I start reading about all these different people meditating. And there's all kinds of forms of meditation. And it's taken me some years, a minimum of 10 years anyways, to figure out what works best for me. Right. Because we're all different. Yeah. You know, we're all different. And so I do this box breathing where I'll breathe in and I only do five to ten minutes depending on how I'm feeling. Okay. And so where I breathe in through the nose and I'll say a mantra. I'm strong, calm and confident. Then I'll breathe out through the nose and I'll say, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Then I'll breathe in through the nose and I might say uh, day by day and in every way I'm getting better and better, better and better, stronger and stronger, healthier and healthier, wealthier and wealthier, younger and younger. And then I'll breathe out. So I've so you're kind of mixing your, yeah, you're yes. kind of mixing your meditation and your mantras into one exercise there. I am. And that yeah. that works for me because I'm really kind of de-stressing yep. and I'm bringing in things to my life that mean a lot to me. And I struggled with it for years because it, you know, just like you struggle with life, it took me a long time to get out of that, that uh, path that I was on in my earlier years, right? The drinking, the drugging, the the fighting, all that it took me years to get out of that, yeah. you know? So now it took me 12 years to become a captain at the airline. It's taking me, I'm on this long journey now of the seven summits, skiing the North Pole, you know, but it's not about, the time frame doesn't matter. And that's where we go into this ageless lifestyle that I've developed, 
Um, I don't believe that I age. You know, people say to me, you know, oh, wow, Tom, wow, you're looking great. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) 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 You know, just kind of half-heartedly joking there. But I do, I feel, I feel better now. And my body looks like when I was competing in my early bodybuilding, you know, in my early 20s. And I look at my body now, it's the same. Even better, actually, in better shape physically but now i'm more in shape emotionally mentally spiritually which i wasn't back then and so when i i'll tell you this and be truthful that um you know i want to live to 123 years plus and i'll go i'll go how specific that is (laughs) yes well uh 123 is this progressive number and i'll be progressing Oh. It is. Um, and I'll be ready to go when I'm done doing what I need to do on this earth. Okay. So I, I know my purpose. I know my mission. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the mission that I'm on, you know. And so I believe in that's that's where it comes back to taking care of the body. And, you know, I only hang out with certain people that are going to be nurturing me, that are going to help me to grow. And and I do the same. I do the same for them, right? And yep. always, you know, like meeting you guys. There's, you know, I'm excited. I'm like, holy crap, hike or die. You know, what does that mean? <laughs> hike <laughs> or die. die right? No you idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife asked me that. She's like, hike or die? Who are these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we're going to find out tomorrow. You know what it- yeah. You know what it means, Tom? It's it, to me. It means. It, it means you know, in a funny way, it, it means a lot of what you've been saying, and that is, get outdoors, or sit on the couch and melt. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's yeah. what that's kind of where that came from, and it it did start as a joke because uh, I was a, a pretty big skateboarder uh, when I was younger, and there was that whole skate or die kind of uh, thing. And and as a joke, um, Craig and I had this chat group with a with another mate. We were planning a hike, and I had to quickly come up with a name for the group, and I just typed it <coughs> in, and and, uh, and um, it, it stuck like shit to a blanket, mm. and so yeah. it's uh, it's still there. But what it has always meant to me is it's not it's not it's not literal. And people, you know, it's funny because some a few people get it wrong and they say, um, "Oh, I love your um, your hike or die." And I say, um, "No, they say, no, they hike, say and hike and die." Hike and I say, no, no, yeah, you, exactly. see, you see, it's optional. Okay, like it's not hike it's and die. Uh, and I have to correct him on that. But for me, it's not, a, no, it's not, it's not literally about. No, but I think it that. does lend really well, Tom, to what you've been saying that it, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing yourself, right? Is this where your, your, you know, forever young sort of theme comes from that if you keep learning and you keep, you know, doing new challenges and you, you, you got to not stop, right? Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. And it's, it's also about pushing limits, right? You know, yeah. I mean, a century ago, we were living to, <clears throat> what, 40, 40 years old, roughly, you know, somewhere yeah, in that range. Thereabouts, you know? yeah. Sure. <clears throat> and 
Um, there's new technologies coming out and, you know, there's so much that we don't know about the human body. And I, I have an uncle who lives in Boston, Massachusetts. My father, my father's oldest brother, my father passed away while I was on McKinley, actually. And um, my uncle is 97 years old. And he exercises every day, and he looks phenomenal. I mean, really amazing. And I'm like, awesome. hey, you know, what's what's your secret? He's like, it's in the wine. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, I I enjoy wine, and we have wine with dinner, and you know, those kind of things. But it's 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 more than that. You know, you have to wake up with a purpose every day. If you don't have a purpose for your life, then you will die. You know, a lot of people that retire at whatever, 60, 65 years old, you know, whatever that ridiculous number is, yeah. then people, you know, they just kind of sit at home and, you know, they don't have any reason for getting out of bed. And so if you don't have any reason for getting out of bed, then you will die. You will fade away. And I have, yeah. I have more than enough reasons to get out of bed, you know, I, I imagine this whole big life that, you know, I'm like right in the middle of it. But if you saw my vision board, you'd be like, damn, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, you would, you would. I mean, it scares the heck out of me. <laughs> hey, Tom, you know? just quick, just quickly. Oh, I was going to say, um, you can cross <laughs> off the um, podcast with, with Michael. Michael Dye. <laughs> Just quickly, even if Thankfully. it's um, <laughs> might be a yes or it's no. Not over yet, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> might be a yes or no, but I know that you're really um, a big advocate of, of uh, what would you say nutrition and and healthy. What do they call it? Like clean sort of approach to to wellness. But do you, do you? I mean, are you going to take on some of these medical kind of um, science? Yes. Like yes. The me- the breakthroughs that are coming that are that are, are just on the horizon are you going to get on board and and you know get injected with stuff that might make you live a bit longer what what's your thoughts no. on all that no no i see um a lot of these uh <clears throat> take a, a larry ellison yeah i don't know if you know that name oracle the billionaire who founded oracle um right. it's a uh, a tech company and he's, you know, this guy is probably around 70 or so, and he's looking into, you know, stem cell therapy sure. and telomeres sure. and, you know, yep. what's the latest tech and what can I be injected with? And, and that's, really... That's not on your radar? Not really? It, it's not on my radar. I'm not looking for that. I found it already. Fair I enough. Found it already. I, I have. And that's the mindset. That's the mindset yeah. that... Good. I I have I do I have this belief that my body heals itself and it's regenerating itself. But having said that, I have to give it the right tools, and the right tools come from nature. You know, uh, Jonas yeah. Salk said, "Who, um, <clears throat> you know, if you remove man from the earth." Right, the Earth would thrive and heal itself. Right, throw a party. Yeah, <laughs> it would for sure. Probably. But if you take away all the insects from the world, 
the world would die. Like, just remove the bees, yep. right? And the world yep. will not pollinate itself. I mean, mm-hmm. look look what we're doing to the Great Barrier Reef down there. You yeah. know, just, just from things that are happening. And so, you know, one of my purposes and mission, once I build this global business of health and wellness with my fitness product, I'm going to use the monies to start healing the oceans. I'm going to die. I'm going to become actually that that Jacques Cousteau character that I dreamed about when I was a little boy. So it'll come full circle to where, you know, I'm helping people understand what real health and fitness and wellness is. And in doing so, you know, help millions of people. And then in turn, because they'll be helping me, I'm going to start helping the planet in a better way. And that's healing the oceans. So that's kind of, it'll, it'll kind of go full circle to when I was a little boy dreaming about that. Yeah. But, but now it's coming around. It's just like when I, you know, I used to be homeless Right. Mm -hmm. But at some point when I was at the airline, I put myself through culinary school in New York City and I became this uh, chef, although I was still flying and whatnot. And I and it ended up coming full circle to me because at one point I was cooking at a homeless shelter and I couldn't believe it because here I was starting a prayer with serving people a meal that I prepared for them. And I was cooking for lots of people, right? Yeah. All all the food was donated to me. And the first time I did that, I came home and I cried because excuse me for a second. Take your time, mate. You know, I was given this gift, and now I'm giving it back, if, if, <clears throat> if that makes sense. And 100% makes sense. You, you basically just a minute ago spelled out your ethos, which is you're not looking to, I think you've moved past this egotistical plane, and you, you basically move into a space <clears throat> where you, you're only uh, improving yourself so that you can can come back and and give us all some good stuff you know whether that be uh life advice or or you know help and heal the planet so i reckon uh that's a pretty good um i think everyone should take a leaf out of your book there for sure um yeah thank you thank you for that um but i think life has a way when you really step into your purpose and really feel that, you know, each day is a gift and you're blessed to be here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, where you guys are in Australia, I think that's an amazing country, amazing people. Um, <clears throat> everything environmentally down there, it doesn't take much to tip the balance, right? It yes. doesn't. Yep. And you see that. You, you've, you've come through those uh, fierce fires. I see what's yeah, happening to, I mean, uh, all of that, right? All of that. And so, you know, I and I know what my purpose is and I'm going to give back, you know, and I and whether that's being on a podcast and sharing my truths and, you know, my fears and my struggles and all those and, you know, breaking down and getting all teary eyed over over my life (laughs) and whatnot. You know, that's you know, that's I don't mind that. That's that's uh, that's cool. People want the honesty. You know, we spoke about that right at the start. (laughs) As as soon as you. 
Uh, as soon as you re reveal uh, your own vulnerabilities, uh, you, you've, all of a sudden you've got people's attention because no, nobody needs nobody needs another gung ho hero to come on a podcast and tell everyone uh, you know how fantastic uh, they are and yeah. look at all the amazing stuff I've done. I mean, I understand that you're doing these things to demonstrate to other people that they can achieve these things, not because you're on an egotistical journey anymore. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> but you know, it did have to start with with the ego, and I had to learn. You know, somebody somebody told me this was uh, years ago when I was doing the bodybuilding thing and putting this shell of muscle on. You know, that it's sort of a shell, kind of hiding behind it. Yep. And uh, this gentleman, he was a a good friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm sure you know that name. <clears throat> yeah, we know that <laughs> Right, and this was uh, Frank Zane, who lived with Arnold, and I had yeah, the I'm opportunity. Familiar, familiar yeah. with Frank, yeah. Yeah, and I trained with him a couple of times, and he said, you know, he's like, you're still trying to please your father. And that's where this all started, because I yeah. was, you know, because I was, you know, neglected in my earlier years, you know, my you know, through the beatings and my parents not showing up to my games and all that and the yeah. neglect. And so I was in the beginning, there was this ego driven thing that whether it was through fighting or, you know, being this brute and all that of trying to somehow please my father, like, look at me, I can do this. Mm -hmm. But I learned along the way, it's not about look at me, it's about, you know, I want to help you. I want to serve others, and it took me a it took me a long time, and I'm still on that journey. You know, I'm yeah, still on I, that journey. Hey, Tom, if I can just ask, um, what you know, you you you've you've talked about that trying to please your father. What was the uh, how was it to have the success that you had on Mount McKinley? And I'm assuming that you wouldn't have discovered. Uh, his passing until you returned back into some kind of phone reception or something. Uh, you know, how was it to go and have that success and then come back and, and I guess not be able to share it with him or voice it with him? Um, well, you're exactly right. Um, I was, <clears throat> we were nearing this, I, I believe we summited McKinley on July 5th. And he passed away on July 7th. Um, I had been in contact with my wife, Rhonda, via satellite phone and giving her updates. And she was kind of posting blogs. Hey, this is where Tom's at. This is what's going on. You know, mm -hmm. they're stuck here. You know, blah, blah, blah. He's struggling. You know. And yeah. so, <clears throat> but um, the satellite phone froze and so it failed and I was unable probably thankfully um, not to get any dispatches through to her anymore because you know if I knew my father had that would have changed the whole dynamic right knowing yeah, something absolutely. like that even even though the relationship that I had with him the the last day that I saw him he was in a soldier's home, like a nursing home, but for okay. vet, uh, for Korean uh, War veterans, and he was a veteran. And um, <clears throat> the last day that I saw him, I was actually on a hike. I was taking a group of people 
up to Mount Washington in New Hampshire. And, you know, that was part of my mentorship at the time was taking people and pushing them to get past their limits. And one of the ways to do that is through the physical, right? And and yep. people are climbing and, you know, those types of things are fearful for some people. Um, but I got a call from my mother and I, I had to leave and come down and go visit my father. Um, and that was on a Sunday. The next day I was actually flying out to Alaska. And so I saw my father um, before I left for McKinley and I said goodbye to him. I kissed him on the top of his head and I said, I love you. <clears throat> and he said to me, okay. And that's, all, that's the last thing he said to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's my last memory of him. But I found out about his passing when I finally got back down, uh, when we were flown off the glacier um, from Mount McKinley, and we landed back at the Talkeetna, uh, where there's this little airstrip, and I was able to uh, phone back to New York, and my wife told me that my father had passed. And I, you know, immediately <clears throat> flew back to New York. But it was... To be honest with you, it was, uh, I was sad, but it was mixed emotions based on the relationship, you know, um, you know, still at that point where trying to please my father, you know, and I don't know if I ever really did, but it, knowing what I know now, it wasn't about, it, it was about pleasing him. But then really it was about me and what I was trying to achieve with my life and take care of my son and mentoring other people. Yep. So, but there, I, I don't think there was, to answer your question, there wasn't really a, a final closing. And, yeah. and, and that's why you have to, you know, you have to every day speak your truth. And that's, you know, if you have children, tell them you love them and hug them. Because there may yeah. not be a tomorrow. You don't want that ending, right? You don't want that. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's your mm-hmm. your your children passing or you or your spouse or your friends, you know, say, hey, you know, I love you, bro. Whatever. You know, and that's how yeah. I end it with, with, with my wife and with my son and people that I love. I, you know, I'll tell them, hey, love you. I, I love you. You know, and yeah, if they don't important. accept that, it, it is important, you know. Uh, I don't want any, I don't want to be laying on my deathbed. And number one, I won't be because I'm going to go in some <laughs> fabulous way, right? Uh, but I, <clears throat> I don't want the regrets. I, well, honestly, I'm not going to be in some nursing home. That's not going to be me, yeah. you know. I might be in New Zealand or that, what's that tiny island uh, just to the west of New Zealand? Um, what's that, Australia? Ooh. Yeah, that's a little, this little place there. Yeah, yeah. A couple hundred people. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Thanks for that. I, I hope that wasn't too personal, man. But it's just just curious. No, no, no. That's uh, relationships are important. You know. Mm. So no, that's that's good advice. I think that that um, transcends any any kind of culture. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a little question. This is just um, backtracking a little bit. Uh, you, you went into 
um, fantastic detail on your routine. I was just wondering how that translates to when you're on the mountain. Do you, uh, I mean, obviously you, you can't hit the button on the coffee machine, but uh, <coughs> have, you, have you kind of developed a, a smaller, more succinct version of your, of your routine to, 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 to mentally gear yourself up for, uh, for when you're on, on peaks or on your way up peaks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> on these uh, big climbs, you know, three, four, five weeks on the mountain. The nutrition is, it is what it is, right? The first three to five days, you can only carry in so much fresh food and that's only going to last so long, correct? Um, exactly. But then the other aspect is I have to make sure that I'm properly hydrated. So we're always melting snow and yep. staying hydrated. But I incorporate stretching. You know, I'm not working out per se. Yeah. Um, in the traditional sense, because you know, pulling a pulling a hundred pound sled or an eighty pound pack on your back and going up the mountain that's that's uh, plenty. Absolutely. You be, yeah, you don't need to be burning calories. Uh, <laughs> you know, know. Doing, doing push-ups or something. <laughs> no, no. Um, but, you know, the nutrition is important. But what I see happening is the higher we go, <clears throat> the less that I'm eating. And then the nutrition is not as... Because we're eating, you know, freeze-dried foods and then just Absolutely. water and, you know, but I'm still... So at that point, it's just taking in calories. But I notice how my uh, physical starts to degrade number one because of the improper nutrition that I'm taking in and we're trying to remedy that you know by taking in you know more nuts and seeds and things like things of that nature good good fats right yep uh good calories as much as we we can every 45 minutes taking a break to take in some calories and hydrate but I incorporate stretching when we when we set up camp and I'll I'll get in my tent and I'll stretch for 30, 45 minutes or so and do meditation, uh, get get good rest. You know, so there's certain things that I do um, that help me along the way. But I've noticed I typically on a big climb, I'll lose around 12 to 15 pounds. And that's a lot for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm fairly lean, you know, and so you can kind of see it in my face when, yeah, um, you know, somebody like me loses uh, twelve to fifteen pounds. Absolutely, so we're we're not meant to live at altitude, you know. Like, there's nobody living above no, they, eighteen eighteen thousand feet oh, on they, this planet that, that I know like, of. Yeah, they don't call it the the death zone for nothing, do they? For nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which is a perfect segue into into discussing, uh, I guess, what sort of. Uh, and I know you mentioned earlier you don't really like putting time frames on things, but what what sort of uh, what's your gut feel on when you might start formulating a plan for Everest? Uh, well, we're already doing that now. We were planning on going <clears throat> this year. In 2020, oh, wow. yeah, uh, but obviously with the global pandemic, yep. uh, that shifted everything. Shifted yeah. everything. 
So, I I'm, I have a gut feeling that it probably will not be 2021. It'll be 2022. This okay. uh, global pandemic has created an opportunity for me with my mm-hmm. business and launching my product. Yep. The at-home uh, fitness yeah, absolutely. Uh, is, it's is it's, uh, booming. Going is crazy. <laughs> booming. That's perfect, yeah. And so, you know, I've always looked as, at my product as, well, I can sell to... Uh, big box gyms like uh, you may be familiar with uh, F45. They're out of Australia. Yeah, you they know, are. Yeah. One of the largest uh, fitness chains on the planet and Orange Theory and Gold's Gym and Planet Fitness. And, you know, um, my I always knew my product could go in those types of gyms and then franchise you know, that model and then selling to the home gym user and, you know, uh, live streaming classes. And since the pandemic started, I was like just kind of blown away by all the gyms, you know, most of them shutting down. And yeah, I'm like, wow, sad. you know, it, it is sad, but I tried to look at everything as an opportunity and I see an opportunity for me with the at-home market. Most definitely. I think a lot so. of people rely on that routine of of um, dragging themselves to the gym uh, to find motivation in that. And I, I train from home. I have done uh, forever. And I have my, all my crazy stuff I do in my backyard. But I, I take pride in finding motivation you know, in myself uh, each day. And, and but I know that's not for everybody, right? That's that takes a bit of discipline. So I understand why people who have a routine of of hitting the gym two, three, four, five mornings a week. I understand how difficult that could be for somebody. Uh, but it, it's uh, there is a gap there to fill, and I think I think it's not just the fitness part, but the, it's finding the dis- discipline as well. Well, you know, um, in a sense, motivation <laughs> is BS. Discipline is the thing that gets you through, you know, because yeah, we may true. not all be motivated, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, you know, am I motivated at 5.30 in the morning to get on this podcast with these two blokes no. from, uh, <laughs> from uh, yeah, that little, little island? <laughs> yeah. The little island. You know, I was, I was motivated last night to make sure everything was in place. But then when I woke up at 5.30, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he said right. a few you know, things about us. Yeah. But that's, threw, that's where... Threw some uh, darts at the, uh, <laughs> what was it, the, the board that we're pinned to? Yeah, right? <laughs> the vision board. The vision mm, board. But that's, <laughs> it. but that's where the discipline comes in to get up, right? To get up mm-hmm. and start the routine because I've disciplined myself. You know, I've built in these habits of... The journaling, the coffee, yeah. for sure, the hydration, you know, to take care of my body, all those little things to get me ready to take on the day. You need those disciplines. Motivation comes and goes. Yeah, it like, comes in like waves, for, doesn't it? It really does. You may be motivated. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have a great workout or yeah, whatever it is. Uh, but then there's lots of times where I'm not motivated to go through this 45-minute exercise routine that I've written down the day before, but the discipline will 
get me started to doing it. And then as I'm doing it, it starts building my self-esteem, my self-confidence. I feel the endorphins flowing, you know, that kind of deal, you know, and I get into this flow state of, you know, just trying to crush it, you know, and, and that's how it works with the mountain too, you know, or going out and getting, going on a big hike or uh, whatever it is, you know, yeah. it's, it's the disciplines that will, that will get you through. With your, speaking on that note, <clears throat> with the, uh, the peaks that you've climbed to date, and which one would you say, perhaps you've already told us, uh, but which one would you say you had to dig the deepest into uh, and, and you're glad that you had that mental fortitude? Was it the Argentina trip I, where you saw that? I, I think so. I, yeah. I think that was, it was for a couple of reasons, a, a realization of what can happen <clears throat> and um, that I could die potentially. And, and I remember my son, went right before I left for Argentina, and I was sitting in my Jeep, and I was at home, and I was going to take my son somewhere, and he's like, and we were talking about the trip, because I was going to be flying out the next day, and he's like, you know, why do you have to go, Dad? You know, uh, I, I want you to come back, you know, why do you have to go? And it's like, I have to go. This is, this is what I do, you know, but I promised him that I will be coming back. And that's where that mindset of the mountain will always be here, right? It'll always be here. Um, you know, I may not be, but, you know, the summit is optional. Getting down is mandatory. So, you know, if the weather is looking that bad, I'm not going to push because I cannot overcome the mountain. The mountain will allow yeah. me. It will allow to... you passage, but not. Uh, exactly. You're, you're not going to go up there and push your weight around and change oh, anything. No way, no way. Just like now, when we were getting ready to go to Everest, you know, I started prepping last year. Um, and when I came back from Antarctica, I was like, no freaking way. I'm done. Six six out of seven. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of good with that. You know. I mean, we got we got caught in a storm down there. Ninety mile an hour winds destroyed Whoa, our camp. Hang on a second. Destroyed our tent. It was. I got to do that conversion yeah. real quick. I'm not very good at math. One hundred and forty five kilometers an hour for our, yeah. Yeah. our uh, metric yeah. listeners. Yeah, destroyed our tent. Whoa. And you'll this will be interesting because I was actually on a call to Zurich, Switzerland as the storm started coming in because I had been invited to speak over there and give a talk about overcoming fear. <laughs> and, uh, straight up. Uh, oh, wow. Know, it's it's like a... Antarctica caught wind of that and thought, oh, yeah, you want to talk about, want to talk about fear, <laughs> Look mate? at this. All right, I've got something yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it all came about because I sent my book to this gentleman. His name is Robin Sharma. And he's big into leadership, and he's kind of this leadership guru, 
uh, you know, and he travels around the world speaking. And I sent him my book, you know, because I wanted to, uh, you know, <clears throat> I wanted to do some speaking with this with this guy, you know. And so he he got a hold of me, and he's like, "Hey, I'd like to invite you to my summit meeting, as it's called, and where people pay big bucks to go to his." leadership conferences and he was doing a three-day conference in Zurich, Switzerland and he invited me to come and speak and, and talk about fear and I'm like hey that's that's awesome I can't because I'm going to be in Antarctica climbing Vincent Massif and he's like what oh hang on hang on what, what are you going to be doing you know and I'm like yeah I'm going to be in Antarctica it's a dream of mine I've been traveling you know uh, trying to uh, conquer the seven summits and he was like oh you know uh, I wish you could come to the you know our, our conference and I'm like hey this is what I can do I bring a satellite phone with me and I can call in to your summit meeting and he was like wow this is great he's like what are the chances you can pull that off and I'm like 100% no problem you know Having no idea that I could pull it off, but obviously I'm going to be in the mindset of I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, find a way. <clears throat> find a way. And we did all, you know, uh, I tested my uh, my satellite phone. We were testing the satellites. These They call them LEO uh, satellites, low earth orbit satellites that are circling the globe, you know, and that's how you pick up the signal. And okay. So, um, you know, what I had to do was I had to, <clears throat> from the South Pole, call New York to my wife, and then she made a connection to Zurich. And we did the calls, we did wow. the testing when I landed in Antarctica, Yeah, wow. And so that morning, it was 9 a.m. Antarctica, and it was like 8,500 miles away to Zurich, and I think... Their time, it was one in the afternoon. That's my recollection. And it was interesting because the storm had started early that morning in Antarctica. And I'm in my tent with two other mates. And I have all my gear on except my boots. And I've got my, I'm in my uh, sleeping bag. And I have my little satellite phone propped up and I have my earpiece and you can hear the wind. You know, my wife will tell you that when I called her, she could hear the wind and the tent ruffling. And I'm like, yeah, the winds are picking up. They're about 30 miles an hour right now. <clears throat> I said, I'm in the snowstorm and it's going to get crazy here, you know. But she made the connection. She made the connection to Zurich and I got through to the stage and they had pictures of me up on stage and it was going to be Tom Fabry talking from, <laughs> you know, from the South Pole and he's going to be summiting the highest peak down there. He's on the side of the mountain and, I, and the timing was perfect. It yeah, was perfect. Yeah. Almost, almost, you know, and it could actually, it couldn't have been better. I dreamed about being up on stage with this guy, but how cool was it for me to be at the South Pole in a snowstorm talking about fear that's next and level that's yeah, awesome it it was my dream enhanced but it was it was kind of interesting because when i broke through the the phone call and i get through to zurich 
I get like the stage manager and Robin Sharma's up on stage talking, ready to introduce me. And the stage manager, I think his name was John. He's like, hey, Tom, we got you. We're going to put you on hold. And I'm like, no, no, you can't put me on hold. And he puts me on hold. And I'm thinking, they put me on hold. I'm in a storm. <laughs> and, and I'm watching the timer on my satellite phone ticking away because it's very expensive. A satellite I was going to say, it's $1,000 call. <laughs> it's, it's not cheap. And I'm like, no, you know. And if I lose the signal, I may not get it back, right? Exactly, these, yeah. yeah. You know? And they kept me on hold for nine minutes. And I'm oh, sitting wow. there. Yeah. But finally, they came back to me. And Robin is introducing me to the audience. And it was like 140 people. It was a s small audience, but leadership, bi business leaders, CEOs, you know, that type of crowd. Yeah. And he's like, hey, we got Tom Fabry. He's in Antarctica and welcome, Tom. And so I got into it. I said, hey, Robin, you know, I'm grateful to be here, but I have to tell you, I'm in the middle of a building storm and I don't know. I don't know if you can hear me. And he's like, he was just kind of blown away. And we started talking in about I was grateful. We talked about gratitude and fear and it. And I was on the line for uh, 18 minutes. So and then the call dropped, you know, but it was just it was sort of my dream enhanced because it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I mean, I can say that now because we survived through the yeah, storm. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> it ended up where our tent was crushed, not from snow, but from heavy winds. And we had snow walls built up around us. And wow. they blew over these 50-pound ice blocks that we had built around our, our uh, tent. And it just yeah. it broke the tent poles. And the three of us are in there laying in the tent, hanging on to the covering that we had. And it lasted for about 12 <laughs> to 14 hours. It was just uh, incredible, incredible. Geez. But it couldn't have been better for me. Obviously, I would have liked to have been on stage and talking about fear, yeah. overcoming your fear. But here I was living it. I was right in the middle of it, you know, yeah. right in the middle of it. So it was it was fabulous. You know, it was just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say that now because I'm warm and dry. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's just uh, a day in the life of Tom Fabry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's incredible. Hey, mate, uh, the, um, the Adventure Grand Slam... That's the seven, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the seven uh, summits plus the two poles, is that correct? That's correct. That's, and, uh, yeah, go have ahead. You, have, you done, have you done either of the poles yet? No, I've been to Antarctica, you know, yeah. obviously, because we're just I, talking about it. I wasn't sure it, if, if it was on that same trip that you knocked it over, but. Uh, no, I should have. Uh, <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I, I should have. Um, but, you know, the, the, the blessing is that I get to go back to uh, Antarctica and ski. So that's the Adventure Grand Slam, climbing the seven summits. Mm -hmm. and Or you can call it the Explorer's Grand Slam. Uh, yep. But, you know, I'll, I'll go to the North Pole and uh, ski to the North Pole and then head back to... I'm not sure what the, the time frame on that is, which one. You know, just have to look at it again. Yeah, of course. Uh, based on, you know... Uh, timing and everything, but skiing to the North Pole and skiing to this the South Pole, which will be, you know, uh, 
fabulous, you know, a fantastic trip, fantastic trip. I read a book about uh, a guy who did complete the Adventure Grand Slam, and uh, it was quite incredible when he was talking about um, getting to the poles because when he was doing Antarctica, he said that um, every day when, when, the, when the team would wake up, the pole has actually moved. So it's not the same piece of ice. Like, if, if, is that right? Yeah. So the the ground is is shifting inches, kind of each. Like it's just floating around, moving. Mm. And so the, each uh, that, day that would be that would be the Arctic. The Arctic. Okay. So I've got the wrong pole. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. No. Well, that's just because Antarctica is one of the seven continents, right? Right. Right. So, but the Arctic. It's a moving target up there. Yeah, <laughs> you said every day they kind of had to recalibrate. Um, yeah, where where it was and what the target was, which is incredible. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, wow. yeah. So uh, that's um, you know that that's another one of those deals where that scares the heck out of me. <clears throat> but you know what an opportunity, and even even going to um, Nepal and attempting to climb Everest. You know, I've created the opportunity or I've earned the right to go there. And you've yeah. seen what was, what's was what been happening on Everest now with these mm. Congo lines going on and people yeah, I have, yeah. being dragged up there. You know, they hire some guide to drag yeah. them up and drag them down. These people have no business being on the mountain. Yeah, and, yeah. and as you guys put it well, I mean... It'll literally kill you, right? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a <clears throat> how would I put it? It's it's not something you do to get a selfie. Like you you need to be up there for the right reasons. Mm. For the right reasons, and that's when you call it hike and die, right? <laughs> yeah, <'Cause> that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> no, it's um. No, you've you've earned your your right to do that, mate. I don't. I think that was a big part of the the media at the time was that you know you shouldn't uh, have Everest as one of your first uh, first major climbs, and 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 yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people were trying to do that. I mean, I feel like the the twenty three year old, twenty eight year old Tom Fabry may have tried it, tried to put the Everest as the first one. <laughs> yep, but. But I kind of, um, I think you've grown. It sounds like you've grown as a, or you've kept that ego in check and and, yeah. and realized that uh, ego is not going to get you anywhere up there, is it? It's it's not. It, it's not. And um, yeah, if I was to look back on my life, you know, from this vantage point, and you know, I would try to tell myself that. Um, you know, you can change your life. When I was in the middle of all that, that hardship and that maelstrom, you know, that, um, you know, I actually believed that I wasn't going to make it past 21 back then. I actually believed that. But some people came into my life and helped me change my life and kind of gave me permission to start the journey just yeah. by saying, yes, you can. You know, and you guys have that ability too, by what you're doing here with reaching out to, you know, your audience and saying, yes, you can, you can achieve things. And one of the ways to do it, whatever you want to achieve is getting out there and being adventurous, 
And that's through, yeah. you know, one, one of the modalities is hiking, right? Because that's, that's yeah. not an easy thing to do because people can go out there and hike, especially in Australia where that place will bite you big time. Yeah, um, we, got, we got a few uh, bites. <laughs> and, and no doubt, no doubt, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any better teacher than, uh, than the wilderness, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my, myself included. Uh, nature uh, is, is beautiful, and we need to connect more with nature and feel more grounded. And um, it's, it's going to help us. It, it helps us grow, for sure. Mate, I, I couldn't think of a better way to, to sign off this fantastic conversation than what you just said. Well, um, I'm honestly, you know, God, we've been we've been chatting it up here for quite a while. Yeah, we've been rattling on for a while. <laughs> fairly, fairly typical. Uh, well, that's typical of me because um, I just kind of go down this rabbit hole and I have, you know, there's so many stories and adventures we didn't even talk about when i went to russia and oh that's that's uh, why we got to get you back on mate it's all good <laughs> yeah and well hopefully you know um i'll come back if i get invited back um you know when when um everest whatever happens on everest happens yeah. you know yep. um but we get to we get to talk about that and inspire your audience um, to go out and seek their own adventures, right? Yeah, and and, it, and you know, I, I, I kind of keep saying this to people. It doesn't matter if um, if your goal is Everest or if it's uh, you know a, a half day hike on a on a well graded trail. Like it it doesn't matter. You don't, don't be kind of sitting there thinking, "I'll I'll never I'll never be at that level." Well, it, you don't have to be. Like, pe- people can get enriched by much much smaller versions of that. Yeah, you you um, you don't have to. You have to do your own thing. I'm just doing my thing to show people the right. capabilities that we have. You know, if it's mm. reading a good book, you know, read a good book. But you know what? Um, go do it out in nature. You know, I always I and I say this uh, honestly. I bring somebody's book with me, and I typically. If if I make it to the summit, I'll take a shot of me and that person's book on the <laughs> summit. And that's, that's what great. I did when I was down in Antarctica. Robin Sharma, yeah. you know, he's he's got a, a new leadership book out, and I I took his book to the summit. You know, and <laughs> giving, I him, start, giving him <laughs> what I got to start writing a book for before you get to Everest. <laughs> Everest there you go. <laughs> there you go. To podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what we need up there. No, Perfect. no. Well, we'll uh, send it. You know, I mean, um, you know, I had, uh, <clears throat> I had some guy when I was going to Russia and climbing Mount Elbrus, the highest peak there. That's between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Uh, this guy, he was big into fitness in the U.S. He was a big uh, fitness kind of guru leader, you know, in the country here. Him and his brother. And he found out I was going to climb this peak and he lives in Colorado and he was into kind of mountaineering a little bit. He overnighted his book to me because he knew I was flying out uh, the next day to Paris and then to Moscow, then on to Mineraline Vodi, where we were going to start the climb. And I actually carried his book all the way to the summit. And, <laughs> and um, you know, for me, because it's, 
it's not about me, right? It's about giving you a shout out and say, hey, you know, read this guy's book because that inspired me to get in better conditioning or, or whatever the case may be, you know, becoming a better leader, becoming a better father. If that book resonates with me, then I'll give you a shout out and, you know, help promote you. Right. Yeah, that, that's very kind, mate. As, as always, you, you're always given back by the sounds of it, which I like. Mate, it's it's great to be t- chatting with you, sitting here with a couple of Toms that are very, very disciplined. <laughs> I feel, I, as I say, I feel like a bit of an outsider. Okay. The, the way that you guys approach, you know, your lifestyle and... Um, you know, you take it. You take it to the extreme in terms of getting your, uh, you know, reaching some goals that are pretty high up there. Um, I just want to say you got a whole world of experience, mate. You have, you know, found some real enlightenment on your journeys. I can tell, and it was a chat I was really looking forward to. So thanks for coming in and chatting yeah, with us. We really appreciate uh, it, mate. And, yeah, and no, Craig I, really. Craig has been excited the whole week. I have actually. So. Yeah, ah. yeah. And, <laughs> and I love, yeah. I love it, mate. That you're genuinely trying to lift people up, and I can tell that in in everything that you do. So, yeah, good on you for that. Well, thank you. It's uh, right. it's been a pleasure. It's been a, a absolute pleasure and and speaking with you and you guys. Uh, having great conversation and you listening to me, right? So, and giving me the opportunity to kind of ramble on here. That's good. Cool. Nah, it's all good. That's what we're here for, mate. We're here to learn, and uh, that, that's, I think, a, bit, a key to what our listeners are looking for. So, 100%. I really appreciate your time, Tom. Mate, we love you. Take care and, of yourself, brother. Yeah, thank you. Love you too. M- much love back at you guys. Uh, stay in touch. Most know? definitely will. You got it, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, can I look for your uh, this podcast here on your uh, episodes? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Well, I'll, uh, you'll be getting notified from me um, in in the next uh, well, I don't know, week yeah, or whatever. so. Yeah, I'll shoot yeah, you. I'll shoot you a link, mate. It's all good. It's coming. And, yeah. um, it's coming. I'll share. I'll also share all of every every possible way for our um, listeners to get in touch with you. Um, I'll, I'll include all of those links and, and the different things that we've been discussing. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have all of that in the show notes on the website, mate. So anyone who wants to learn anything about, um, you know, Tom's Fantastic Journeys or uh, the, the books he's written or the, the fitness equipment he's into or just anything, if you just want to follow him on Instagram, uh, all of that will be covered in the, in the show notes uh, and everywhere I possibly can. So they'll find you, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Right now, um, we I just ordered in a whole bunch of books, and I'm giving a discount, and I'll autograph every everybody that wants a book. You know, um, that's fantastic, and and, and and send it off, and um, you know, they there can go. go to the web website and learn about my struggles and and overcoming adversities, and and reach out. You know, always uh, reach out because I'll, I'll reach back. Good on you, mate. I love it. Take care of yourself, mate. Okay. Be well. Stay healthy, okay? You too. You too. We're going to talk soon, Okay. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Be good. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, Bye-bye. You too. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.